0: Kevin Brittingham with the 13th uh, q and podcast with our buddy Ivan from Kit Badger. So, Ivan, how you doing?
1: I am doing awesome. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, me too. So we're, we're sitting on uh, my new back porch in New Hampshire. Um, it's been so miserably hot here. It's the first time you really want to be outside in a few weeks. But um, So what's going on with you?
1: Non-stop man. You're going to Q weddings. Oh yes, going to Q weddings, which is fun. No, I'm uh, yeah, constantly moving. Been really stoked to come out here and uh, create some content and get oh, to hang out with friends and go yeah. to a wedding. Yeah, yeah, we love having you out. I like the videos. So, you so
0: video reviews primarily is is what you're into within our industry.
1: Pretty much, I will. Uh, I'll do all kinds of video reviews on both outdoor as well as tactical gear, and then also kind of skill-building stuff. And then sometimes I, I'll just have random stuff too. Like I'll I'll do like an adventure log video of uh, like backpacking with my boys and stuff on yeah. the islands. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you live? Because the videos are freaking beautiful. Yeah, I'm the Pacific Northwest, up in North Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, up in the Panhandle.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. I know, I love on the videos, there's so many gun videos. And well, you know, it's like cool if you have a gun range in your backyard, but I get really like sick of seeing that and seeing your videos where you go out of the way to do the reviews on top of a mountain and stuff like that. It's
1: it's cool. It sets it apart from a lot of the Yeah, no, and I mean, stuff. from the word go, I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna be doing videos, like. Nobody cares about beige carpet, so, like, yeah, no, it's let's, just, let's go somewhere cool and do this.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times the review videos, because I, I don't know, that's an interesting thing to me, because it, it, it's, it's like, I only go to Amazon and read reviews on something I want anyway, but trying to capture a bigger audience, so like, how, how do you do that? You, you know, it's got to be more entertaining, or it's got to be different, or, or, you know, like, the, the beautiful scenery is great. I guess then having access to like interesting
1: products is good. Hugely beneficial. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, skill
1: building, like, like what
0: you do, what what does that mean? Exactly. You do um, videos on what?
1: Just different things. Like <coughs> I did, uh, I did a video on a shoelace hack, which my buddy showed me. And it's literally a different way to tie your shoes that is stronger arguably than double knot but it basically pulls out like your regular like bow knot and oh, that's cool yeah like random stuff like that
0: my, my one of my daughters is super into the life hacks and like every week she comes and shows me a couple that we need to do her right. house, so i know what you're talking about um yeah well that that's interesting to have it more than yeah th- the sort of outdoor stuff along with the gun stuff. Cause I'm kind of into that a lot now is as, as well. Cause you know, I just love hunting and stuff like that. So I'm more interested in, but some of the practical applications, like I don't care about a backpack that'll hold like a M4 and you know, a 1911 and seven magazines. But for me something lightweight, comfortable that is practical that I can carry with me hunting and stuff like that is more interesting
1: to me. No, definitely. And, uh, random like discovery learning too like the other day i was trying to pack well the other day it was back when there was still a bunch of snow and i was trying to pack and it wouldn't fit in my pack everything i wanted yeah and it looked like looked like a gypsy wagon like (laughs) stuff strapped like hanging off of it and i'm like you know what i'm gonna approach this differently and it was this pack by attack pack which Basically, it's the whole back is like a giant molly or yeah. Powell's webbing, and then you can put these beer can hooks and these straps, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm approaching this differently. And I have this old uh, Outdoor Research waterproof like duffel bag, mm-hmm. and I put everything in that, and then just strapped it to the pack frame. I'm like, this is, is way better. Better. I, yeah, my favorite
0: backpack is an LR backpack. Uh-huh. It's just like a hiking. I use it for hunting all the time because uh-huh. it weighs nothing. I can roll it up and put it in the pocket of my jacket if I want. Nice. It's not. Yeah, it's my. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I went through a period of time where I liked all like the, the tactical stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what 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 is, you know, what are the seals using for something? And it's like you know, at this point in my life, it's like, what's most practical for an old
1: man going hunting? <laughs> you know? what will it use and I try and be pretty pragmatic with like how I approach stuff and it's like all right like how will this how will this work for me in as many situations as possible too yeah
0: yeah I mean and the older I get and, and um, especially like as the company this company grows and stuff you know the more engineers we have the smarter they get with age and experience and um, yeah, I, I like the best, most practical. Generally, for me, it's like, what is the lightest weight? Like, what is the minimum stuff I can carry,
1: including weight, to be efficient at what I want to do. Um, people, people don't often have that as a high of a consideration as it should be, because I'll get asked all the time, be like, hey, I'm looking at the, like this optic or this optic, and it's like, okay, well, all things being equal get the lightest one like yeah you're gonna I, I get agree. burned out just standing on the range for an hour with an extra half pound like strapped on yeah and sometimes like i think my optics are a good
0: example i like a lot of the military we'll say military or mil spec whatever you'll say things that are proven have been adopted by socom or mm-hmm. something the red dots um but when it comes to magnified optics for my use for hunting and stuff a lot of the stuff they have to put in them to pass like drop test or submersion stuff and all this that make the scopes very heavy like night force has a lot of great scopes i like the vortex uh what's what's their big fancy their razor yeah, yeah um which is a great optic um but it, it's just it's too heavy i don't want like, it and then when i started learning really we started working with a little pole and different companies over the years and start learning like why is a night force scope so heavy oh well, it had to meet this requirement for socom and, you know, so we had to add all this stuff, and it makes it heavy. I'm like, well, I'm never going to be, like, 100 feet underwater with my gun. So I, so that's where I kind of got into Swarovski optics for hunting because the glass is really yeah. clear, and they don't focus on any military anything. It's, like, practical for world-class hunting situations. And so, you know, it, it might it might sound dumb, but when I can save 10 ounces on my the top of my rifle. That's significant. Yeah, if you go on, a, like, a real hunt, like a man's hunt where – you know you might well for you it would be nothing but for me like if i gotta hike 10 miles in a day and i can save a pound uh yeah i'm doing it like i would yeah. spend the extra money to save the weight um so that that's been interesting those, those are changes that that have happened with me over the years well um what's your background how'd you get into
1: doing this um man so i was in the Marine Corps back in like 98 to 02 yeah and was in the infantry ended up over training in australia or we just got done training in australia on september 11th doesn't sound like a bad gig for marines to get to go train in australia no no i mean granted you never go to the nice places it's like we're gonna take you to this like burned out range yeah out in the middle of the sticks but no, we were over there on September 11th. And so we went oh. back to ship, left from there, went over to Pakistan, Afghanistan, and then came back and I ended up getting out. Kind of played around. I ended up doing some off-road racing for a while. Oh, for real? Yeah, I raced yeah. in the Baja 1000 a couple times. Did you? And, yeah. That is so it was cool. pretty fun. And then I decided I was gonna go back in. And I ended up ultimately spending another four years in the Air Force. Yeah. The grass isn't greener. It's just different grass. Yeah. Yeah. Food's a little better. Housing's better. <laughs> yeah. Same pay. But, uh, yeah, then after that, I left that. Ended up going into, uh, kind of played around for a bit, but then ended up going into law enforcement. And I don't know that I knew that either. Yeah, did some law enforcement for a while. And, Freaking jobs. yeah, tell me about it. After that, I got out of that and went into security contract and did that for about six years. Yeah. And that... Overseas? Yeah, yeah, over in Middle East, Afghanistan, mainly. Yeah. And, yeah, like, as that was... That, in part, precipitated, like, the end of my marriage. Um, and with that, like, looking at... I don't know. that Going through that entire experience put a lot of things in perspective for me to include That's a that's a tough experience. Oh man. Like it is. Yeah. And like plenty of opportunities for growth. <laughs> and uh, That's that's a good attitude. Yeah. So I yeah, <coughs> rearranged kind of priorities and I was like, nope, like I'm done going overseas and yeah, walked away, walked away from six figures and yeah. started stocking shelves part-time in the grocery store.
0: The shit that you'll do for your kids, oh, dude. man. Yeah, I was like, I live important? it every
1: day. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And when I did that, I also, I was like, well, I'm walking away, I know I'm gonna be poor, and if I'm gonna be poor, like, I'm gonna do shit that I, like, love doing. And so. Yeah, totally. That'd like, yeah, be rich in another way. Yeah, I know. And Kit Badger kind of became... Wait,
0: let me interrupt. It's like <laughs> what we're listening to right now in the background. Normally. Yeah. Yeah, so we have like a little mini skate park in the garage here. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy they live with me. Like if they want to be noisy at night, and skateboard, and I'm happy to hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ten years ago would have been annoying. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, so I ended up, uh, no, I started Kit Badger and I, um, I was just like, hey, where can I don't know, like part of it was a lot of self reflection and stuff. And it was, uh, I realized later after the fact watching something on people talking about kind of like finding like your passion, desire, and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I did that in a roundabout way, but. When they explained it afterwards, it made sense as far as almost like a Venn diagram of like all these things that you actually enjoy doing and like, where do most of those overlap?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably, that's the space where everyone is actually good at something ultimately. Yeah. You know, I I mean, there are exceptions, things you're good at that you hate to do, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, overall, I mean, if you enjoy it, yeah, you're going to work much harder and it's going to show. You know, for me, I mean, there are people that are good at faking stuff, too. I don't think I'm really one of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you enjoy it. People see it. I mean, I think when I saw your videos, you know, I loved it. I loved the humor. You didn't take yourself too seriously, but you knew what you were talking about. You took a different, you know, artistic approach, like me being a fairly creative person. Like, I could see that, you know, where there's a lot of guys that know about guns and shooting, and I watch very few gun videos, honestly. But where somebody will send me one and it's about a subject matter that I want to see and I'll watch it mm-hmm. and it's painful for me to watch it, you know, just because yeah. the way it's presented and, you know, like generally, especially, I mean, you spend a lot of time at Q. It's like most of the time if something's not, if there's not humor involved, it just doesn't exist there. No. So, <laughs> you know, right. that's a that's a part of me. Oh, so let's move to the driveway skate session. Um, so that's been a big... Uh, that was a big part for me, seeing your videos. And then the, you, you know, you don't have to have, you know, you probably saw the same thing, well, racing Baja 1000. If you want to win, you got to spend a lot of money. But, yeah. you know, with most things, there, there's people, like, you didn't have to have, and now, too, you can get by without spending a lot of money on
1: equipment to post quality a quality product, make a video. Yeah. Like the barrier for entry is, like, relatively low. Like, yeah. you, can, you can do a lot without, I mean... I started my videos literally with a GoPro Hero 4 Yep and like a lapel mic on a tripod and I pulled that thing over so many times because I forget I was my it. <laughs> and be like That's and like, funny Ugh. Yeah, I mean that's good Yeah, starting small i tell you it was interesting for me
0: like when we started a new company and starting small again. And when you go through it the first time, I think when you're doing something, you dream about like where, where can it go and how can you end up and can we be the biggest gun company in the world or can you be the biggest gun channel on YouTube mm-hmm. in the world? What I realized doing the business the first time and selling it was like the really incredible time is like while you were building it. Like, wow. Once we were pretty yeah. successful with Advanced Armament, it was more, I mean, I still loved it, but it was more like work. And then reflecting on it, it was like building the company, you know, and and to me being pretty given to risk. Um, you know I can thrive there and I appreciate the journey like right now like I see you know and I posted on Instagram like what do you want to hear from us and people like when is this gonna be and when's that And Mm -hmm. you know me appreciating this part of the growth of the business like I enjoy things when it's small and before it gets out of hand
1: it's about the journey I mean like from the word go with Kit Badger I was like you know what and be an overnight success in 10 years <laughs> yeah like, i think that's always that's probably it. the right attitude because it's one like if you don't enjoy it and if you don't commit mm. yourself to like <coughs> the long game then no you'll just get burned out Like yeah just creating I mean, content
0: yeah i I think you're yeah overnight success in 10 years because that's probably true with any profession
1: yeah
0: you know there there was a. i i don't listen to you know joe rogan's got the biggest podcast i guess in the world
1: yeah and i don't listen
0: to but a few of his but i listened to one with david lee roth have you heard that one
1: i don't know if i heard that one he's
0: incredible david lee roth from Van Halen is the most interesting person in the world no I, I did you, you sent did? it to me
1: on oh I did okay yeah, yeah. he is so cool yeah.
0: but um you know it was just interesting him talking about like the journey and how you know like you gotta have 10,000 hours to be like really an expert at something yeah. but then like the Japanese believe it's 40,000 hours and where you master things and yeah you know it's the same thing with your videos or guns and that's why I enjoy this now probably at 26 years um if we got too many mosquitoes side we will not yet so um, but I think it's it's where I laugh at new companies or people without the experience because it's not just me like Ethan and I the head of my engineering have worked together for 10 or 12 years together And, you know, when you start adding up the experience of all the engineers, and Ethan and I are so experienced, not just with the guns, but with the silencers, like, its it just makes things so much easier. Your confidence level, you know where to go. And, like, I can tell we're way better at stuff than we were 10 years ago. So it's exciting. You know, you'll see, and I'm sure you're seeing it already, like, with your videos, how you it evolves and you get better at things. And, yeah, that's the fun part. It is. Like,
1: it it's all the little things along the way, and then you forget that you're doing them too yeah which is because i mean it'll come up like to what you're saying it'll come up in conversation where i'll be like hey what about such and such and you'll have to explain something to me that is like well of course because why else would you do it that way (laughs) but from being in the industry that long it's just like Oh. oh and then conversely like people are always coming into it brand new i was gonna
0: say when you watch someone else's video you're like why in the hell are you doing that
1: (laughs) no i mean go through it
0: well where'd the name
1: kit badger come from um uh my buddy russ bear we uh we were deployed together and we're on this like 100 day deployment we're roommates and we were on the same shift like couldn't really get away from each other forty thousand hours together you yeah. know he's the only person I probably could have done it with like we just we'd bounce ideas off each other like we had our projects we were working on and uh, yeah we called our room cafe 107 would make coffee in the morning and stuff <laughs> but uh no we kicked around and uh, we're like you know it'd be really cool it's like a really He's actually going to school at Academy of Arts in San Francisco oh, nice. for, like, directing yeah. and stuff. Like, he's oh, I'm super talented. i jealous of that. Yeah. That's yeah. no, something I'd love to do. He's, he's done all kinds of video stuff, and he's like, man, you know it would be really cool is if we just made, like, all these gear reviews that were just way overproduced. <laughs> Yeah, basically destroying stuff that basically didn't pass muster or whatever. And uh, we just spitballed names and ended up coming up with Kit Badger as far as like kit, like gear and stuff. And then, yeah, Badger. Yeah. Tenacious animals. (coughs) Yes,
0: definitely. Like the honey one. Yes. Um, Yeah, that would be fun. I tell you, that's something I get more time and me loving the videos that you do and marketing in general. With all the false claims and stuff that I see out there now, I could see funding and promoting a channel that myth like busted. a MythBuster, buster. <laughs> yeah, destroy product, actual durability testing and yeah, testing things to requirement and see See what actually makes it. Yeah, it'd be fun because okay. I mean, we just, I mean, you've seen there, I mean, we
1: destruction test like everything we do or we try yeah. to. No, I mean um, like your cans that cut in half after the like, eight mag whatever for like yeah. 50,000 rounds and yeah. 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 So
0: that's, that's interesting. I mean, you know, it's probably just like every other industry, so much, so much BS out there about product and capability. And it's so hard for, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so funny cause I'll take a, lot of, a fair amount of grief, but, um, it is good to be, it, it feels nice to be really good at something and have really good engineers and design great product and know, know what it is. You know, I don't have to go and lie to promote product or stretch the truth or exaggerate or any of that. But you know, and a lot of people take, you know, issue with me calling out other companies or being mean to them. You know, I guess everybody grew up with sisters. They don't like getting their feelings hurt. But but to me, it's like such a disservice to the customer. I think that guy is an asshole, even if he's nice, if he's misleading you about a product and its capability. Because we don't do that. And, you know, when you're great, you don't have to do that stuff.
1: I think one of my favorite things, like, uh, hanging out with all your engineers, like, yeah. literally all engineers, yeah. but is uh, watching the competitiveness that happens. Oh, amongst big, the Amongst the, the team. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I mean, not in a bad or negative way, but, like, there's egos involved. Like... There absolutely, is, because yeah. it's like I want to figure out the best way, but also You're because right. they're engineers, someone comes up with the best way, yeah. and everyone admits it because, like, it's math at the end of the yeah, day. Like, you can't, it is, it, it, is
0: it is a very good culture, and that's where I'll say with Ethan and Nick, um, the engineering team there and the leads there is they aren't the smartest engineers I've ever known, but they're the most useful and the best. Because they get their hands dirty, and they have super ego, but they encourage like you. You know, it's it, it's like chase the science or chase the math. Let's cut, co- and you know, it's like any other problem. A lot of the problems that that within you know the walls of Q, as far as governing product, there might be many solutions, but it, and I saw it recently with something with the fix. And it's like the intern that came up with with the best idea, well, he's not the intern now, your buddy Drew, but he came up with a better idea than, you know, Ethan and Nick. And, you know, like at SIG, the way that was structured, even though SIG's a great gun company, it just got too big and it wasn't managed and the engineering culture wasn't right, in my opinion. It didn't promote this kind of thing, but Nick and Ethan both said, Drew's idea is the best for doing that. You know, like you said, so there wasn't ego. They had ego in the sense that they were all competitive, but they worked together and, you know, and they admitted, you know, the guy who was the intern for two years, got one year under his belt, is got the the best idea, Um, you know, solving a problem with with our cornerstone product. Um, And a problem? It's a, you know, just in process improvement, trying to make the best thing. And so that, that's exciting for me to see. Um, but you're right, that's that's a neat part of the company, I think. It is. It's really cool to see. Yeah, there's no dictatorship when it comes to that. I mean, well, there is, I guess it's like science and math are the dictators. Yeah,
1: like Um. find the best way, here's the parameters.
0: Yeah, so so that's neat. Um, you're not going to see that, I don't think, a lot of places, because you can't have a big company with our culture. And you no. small companies don't, you can't afford... The, the engineer and the, the innovation team that no. we've got, I don't think. Um, so, so it is an interesting, and I appreciate that part of this right now, you know, because to me, you know, I've said it before, like you're either growing or dying, so we have to continue to grow. And at some point, you know, we outgrow this phase of the business, and so then I'll have to find something else that excites me as much as the product development does right now. Um, hey, I won't like it when there's hundreds of people working there. Not like I do now. It'll, it'll have to be something else about the business. No, it's a,
1: there's definitely a golden hour right now with, yeah. uh, with how big it is or small it is, really. Yeah. And, I mean, just the fact that engineers are building guns. like
0: Yeah, that's coming to an end yeah real soon. I mean, like, as we speak, um, you know, and I always said, since the beginning of the company and probably the first podcast, you know, the goal with the guns the fix and the honey badger is that that's a the cool thing to train, uh-huh. but um, that the engineers would build the guns for whether it was um, you, you know, a set duration time wise, which wasn't likely, but a, a certain quantity of guns that were shipped so they can work out um, any issue. Cause you know, the fix is really a new development. That's yeah. a new innovation in guns. You know, the honey badger, Sure. I mean, it's an AR, but we have improved it a ton since the first Honey Badger. And so there's always like process improvement, but having them come up, like I've said before, with the fixturing uh,
1: to do the oh, sub-assemblies. The fixtures the are assembly. amazing. Like, yeah. they're incre- like yeah. watching, I was there with uh, Mitch and he's like, oh yeah, like I built this to basically put this q cert in and drops it in. It's like, chunk, like, Yeah, there
0: we go. You know, and having Ethan and Nick lead by example, as far as engineers that get your hands dirty, they can all operate the equipment there in the prototype shop, so they have no excuse. You know, they don't have (laughs) to put in a a ticket into the prototype shop and wait for somebody to prioritize your fixture and build it. You know, they just stay late that day when they come up with an idea and they print it, if they can print it on the 3D printer, and if not, then they get in the prototype shop and they build it. Um, And so that's cool too because you know the goal is always that we're hiring assembly people which we're doing right now that can assemble a gun as good as nick or drew or ethan or mitch or any of the engineers can themselves and they want that too because you know it gets them really married to the product when they have to answer the customer service issues or if a gun goes to the range and it doesn't shoot correctly or accurately whatever the thing is you know they have to
1: they own it
0: yeah they do and and it's been a very positive thing um You know, this was a long game because, our long game decisions, because giving up a lot of money in the last three years, but you know, I'm looking, same thing, you know, I'm looking at 10 years, where are we gonna be? Like the first five years, who cares? You know, the first five years to me is we're gonna innovate these things, make a name for ourselves, get ourselves in the position to produce those guns and move on to the next set of things that we want to do. And it's not like uh, you design a great gun if you got one of the first 300 or 3,000 or whatever the number is, the gun is excellent. But then they were shit once. No. They had assembly people doing it all. Like none of us can live with that. So, you know, what's interesting is the gun's probably built in a year from now. I mean, it's the way it should work by the assembly people that It'll were are be hiring better. now it will be better yeah. than any gun that Nick Schaefer, the, the engineer of the oh. gun
1: ever built. No, and, and he hopes great. that same thing yeah. too, so <clears throat> that's special. I mean, just looking at all the different fixtures, like jigs and everything, and it's like, oh, like we made this, so now we can put it in here, like this won't move tilt or anything, and we can get more leverage and like yeah. torque it to spec without anything becoming misaligned. What or whatever it is. You know what
0: happens with, with the most cognitive guys having to do that work is they're lazy generally. Yes. And so they will figure out the solution to make it easy when they're having to build a lot of yeah. them. And, and so that's happened. And, and I tell you, it, it, you know, that was my hope and w- what I wanted with the culture there. And I see it, I see it with, 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 well, the whole team, but you know, I can think of so many examples with Nick where he wants to show me something that they've done to improve the process. Which, you know, a customer never know about, but he's now we're getting to the point, the fix is so good. I mean, it really is tremendous to where, you know, the goal is how easily can they be assembled and Mm -hmm. be consistent and how quickly can it be done? And all without sacrificing any sort of quality or, you know, oh, we can do this faster, but instead of the gun shooting .6 on average, they're going to shoot, you know, .75 like that that would not be okay with him. And so he's very excited with all these sorts of advances. And that's kind of new stuff there in Q. I mean, you know, we're going through a transition now to where we're really growing. And so instead of all the guys wearing five hats, hopefully they'll just wear two or three, but getting key people into just their positions, a lot of key people that just hopefully doing the job that they're supposed to do. So it's kind of like growing right now which I mean, it's a you know small business now. I would say, but to me, it's like mom and pop, and we're going to small business now. Mm-hmm. You know where we're getting very quickly to the point where I don't know everyone. You know, two weeks from now, I'm not going to know several people there. Yeah, which I don't know. It's fun and it's also scary for me. It's it's the culture that we got to maintain. Like yeah. that's the most we got smart guys, but um. How do we maintain that and grow and be able to continue to increase production without sacrifices? You know, because the culture—I mean—that's what keeps everyone there. You know, so My belief in the innovation and building the best products. Um, you know, I don't. I don't want Nick and Ethan to get other jobs, other places. So we got to keep. We got to keep it a fun place to work. Well, um. All right. Well, how did uh, how do you and I end up meeting? Um
1: on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> so glad you didn't say grinder <laughs> uh, no it was uh, yeah like totally random I I ended up at shot show and I ended up meeting Kyle Lamb and I was like, you know what yeah. I really want to uh, I'd love to come take one of your courses and do a little kind of video review. And this and that, like, do you have any open enrollment courses? And he's like, you know what? Like check a uh, SIG Academy. And I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. He's, I forgot he went. Yeah. And, and so stuff. I ended up reaching out to, I sent him an email to my surprise. He responded and he was like, yeah, like, come on out for that night fighter one oh one course. Like you can film it. I'm like, all right, cool. And so I'm like, I'm committed now. Like I'm going to New Hampshire and got my tickets. And then I started looking, I was like, well, if I'm going to be out there, what else is in New Hampshire? And so somehow search gun company, I don't know what, but Q popped up and then I remember looking and it was like honey badger. And I'm like, oh, like I, I remember something about the honey badger from yeah. the, like AAC back in the day. Like, yeah. okay. And yeah. And then I ended up sending you a, I'm assuming it was you. Cause I think you were the only person running Instagram. Probably. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm going to be in New Hampshire. Like, this is me. You can vet me at, like, kitbatcher.com. would like to come out just make a short little video, like, of what you guys are doing. Maybe your, like, creative process, whatever. And I got a response back. It was like, sure. I was like, sweet. And then fast forward, I get out here to New Hampshire. And I'd corresponded a little bit, like, leading up to it and I get out, I get out here to New Hampshire, I'm like, hey, I'm here, like, wouldn't it be a good time, I'm like, crickets, like, nothing, no response, <laughs> and, like, the next day, I'm like, so, I'm, I'm still in New Hampshire, like, wouldn't it be a good time, nothing, and I'm like, well, damn, it's like, well, they gave me their address, yeah, so, I end up driving out of there, and, uh, yeah, I park, I get out, I'm walking. And these two guys are walking down the stairs, coming out of the building. I'm just like, hey, do you guys work at Cuba chance? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Who are you? I'm like, uh, I'm Ivan, Q Oh, yeah, you were going to do some film. I'm like, yeah. Like, We're going to lunch. Like, Why don't you come with us? And sure enough, it was you and Ethan. Yeah. And yeah, we ended hmm. up going and talking about all kinds of things. And then that turned into ultimately filming kind of the whole deep dive on the fix and it pretty much went from there.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That, that's a lot of good relationships have kind of happened like that. Yeah. Go to lunch and let's hang out. See if we want to get married first. Right. Um, but yeah, I remember then after watching your videos and thinking, Oh, it's, it's cool. It's different than,
1: than others so question with that real quick yeah. and this is I think I heard this maybe from Nick is that <laughs> uh when I guess before you had said like yeah like come out and film that you had everyone kind of in like the boardroom or whatever there I was like hey what do you guys think about this and like threw a random video up on uh up on the TV on the wall or something. I, I don't remember that, but that's certainly my
0: style. And if Nick said it, he re- would remember better than yeah. me. Yeah, Yeah, it's um, yeah, probably exactly how that happened, I guess. Yeah, yeah you know, I like that. I, I, I don't know, you know, I try hard there to, you know, there's certain things we need to really plan for and have decisions on, you know, make decisions on and business decisions and it, it's simple in that regard. But you know, other parts of it, I want it to be spontaneous. At Q, mm-hmm. like a lot of aspects of the culture in the company, um, you know, it makes it more interesting. I get everyone engaged and, you know, like I believe it's their company too. And so, you know, I probably do a lot of things that annoy a lot of them, but, you know, at the end of the day, my club I do what <laughs> I want, but I do try, you know, I care about them all and like them all and, and have a lot of trust in them. And, um, you know, the company's representing them too. Um, I think it was hard for a lot of the engineers, just being like so analytical and stuff that were new to working with me to kind of get used to it. But then once they did and understood like the big boy rules and you know, the rule is we have to do our best, do the right thing, we have to dominate, we have to win. Other than that, we don't have a ton of rules. Yeah. Um, you know, and even with the marketing, you know, it's so funny cause that's, and a lot of people, you know, suck up to you when you own a place but a lot of the compliments about people really loving the marketing that we do. And to me, it's like, it's so funny and I really appreciate it, but it'll be, you know, other people that own businesses. And it's like, cause we don't really do marketing. We just like generally I'll drink beer and come up with ideas. And I'm just, you know, for better or for worse, I guess, depending on the time, I'm just okay with it most of the time, and I think it translates. And I think there's very few, if any, things you ever see from Q and social media or anywhere else where it's just not kind of who we are. And if you if you outsource it and try to create this marketing plan, a lot of times that that's long range or deep reaching. It it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem genuine People to see me. People see through it. Yeah, People and see and, and, it. and so you know, for me, it's like I don't if it doesn't hurt my kids. Well, that's probably like the one consideration yeah, right? that I try to make. And I don't always do even a good job with that. But, but you know, the rest of it, it's just like business. But to me, and I, and I try to tell them, as long as we make the best products in the world, the rest of the stuff we can kind of get away with whatever we want. And it's exciting to try new things. You know, I don't want to follow other gun companies. And not always for the sake of being different. And I think I've said it in some other podcasts. But, you know, like I love guns. Um... But, you know, I love beer, I love motorcycles, I love like all the boys stuff. This just happens to be my vocation. But, you know, I don't like a lot of aspects of our business. And a lot maybe because it's dated, just a lot. It's just I'm not probably interested in a lot of ways that a lot of the the, the people that are in our industry are interested in guns. Um, and I really think it should be fun every day, where, where a lot of people with guns, yeah. like it's so serious. Um, you know, something I said I liked about your videos, like kind of the dry wit and the humor and um, and it makes it more exciting. Like there is nobody at my place that can't find another place to work. Um, so, you know, it's not just money or I, it's got to be fun and entertaining and you know, and for me, I don't want to spend a ton of money on marketing right now because we're back ordered for one. So what's the point of like trying to sell more guns, but I do love marketing so much that I want to do it, but I just do Instagram and I just do whatever I feel. And you'll see like as my moods or different things change, sometimes like just that my kid's school schedule affects our Instagram posting because if I'm at home and the kids are in school every day, then I do, I do lunch cards for them every day. And that's kind of where the box art started when okay. I started drawing on the yeah. boxes is I do like a lunch card for my kids. You know, like, you write. right... So when I start school, I'd write them a little note, but I always, I've always i always drawn a lot and done art. And so I started drawing them pictures and it would get more and more elaborate and then they would request things. And that's kind of how the box art did. So you'll see, like, right now, summer, I don't really do much box art because I'm not making lunch notes for the kids. <laughs> but... Um, You know, I just think all these sort of organic things. And a lot of people, like a lot of questions that we got here are questions that I get direct message about the business and the future every day. Like, I don't know. And I don't want to lie to people. It's just like, well, when do you expect this product? Like, uh, one we have in here is the Lefty Silencer and the Erector 9 and 45. And there's several things that sort of dictate that schedule. Um, Sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it is... um, you know if that engineer that i want to work on that's doing something else it delays it but mostly right now where it should really please the customer and most of them that deal with us now or see our company sort of understand we've got a little bit of a unique personality probably amongst a lot of the at least compared to a lot of the bigger companies but i don't like a product's going to come out when it's correct yeah and with the guns it's harder sometimes especially the fix, because it's all, you know, the only common parts in that gun with any other gun in the world are the magazine catch spring and the AR pistol grip. Yeah. So, you know, it's 107 parts or whatever. And, <clears throat> you know, I can plan and say, hey, you know, December 11th, that gun's coming out. But, you know, if, if all one the Sears, yeah. yeah, one supplier, or if we mess up something ourselves, then it's delayed. And that's just the way it is. Like you're not going to get a half-assed part because you put a deposit on something or because I pretended to understand the future and told you some make-believe number. And that's a problem like I even have with SHOT Show is everybody got into like developing products to release at SHOT Show. And I haven't done SHOT Show in years and I hope to never do it again. Uh, I don't like that the customers except for the military customers can't come to it. And just the format and how it is like such a really big business shot show. It's like bigger business than the gun business is. But um, everybody, like that would always be a deadline for us to develop product for in the past. And I don't like that, you know. I want us to develop things that we feel like we want to develop at the time and release them when they're ready. So, um, I don't even know what that rant was about. What, uh, oh.
1: What else? So your videos, you can find your videos on kitbadger.com. Yeah, it's my site. And then uh, everything else is pretty much named after that, whether it's the YouTube channels, also named Kit Badger, Instagram, I think it's kit underscore badger, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So w- where is the focus?
1: Uh, the focus is on YouTube. I mean... Slippery slope, it seems. Oh, uh, man. Like, I... Big picture, I want the focus to be on my website because one, I can actually control it for the most part until they want, until like whoever's processing your
0: payment won't let you sell targets or something. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, because I mean, anything else is like digital sharecropping. Like you don't have control over the platform. And so also on my website, I. I can actually provide more value through links because I can't link anything through YouTube. And so it's like, hey, like, if you're looking for, like, these products that I'm talking about, like, I can't give you direct links through YouTube because they'll, like, it's against the. Because the liberals have become communists now. It's (laughs) it's the... the the circle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the state video hosting. Yes. Oh, Jesus. That's so funny. Like, hey first amendment except when it's not what we want to say absolutely yeah as you and I were listening to that liberal podcast earlier (laughs) with that guys yeah I I was when I was a kid growing up in Georgia a little redneck kid we would watch um, NWA or Georgia championship wrestling all there was this manager named Jim Cornette and he was the manager of the Midnight Express tag team for a long time and uh, he is this brilliant guy, but a complete liberal idiot and lunatic. And he's got this classic wrestling podcast that I actually listen to occasionally just to, uh, I don't know, because he's very entertaining. Nostalgia but, yeah, to Yeah, imagine. nostalgia. Yeah, to, to just think about like my childhood. It brings up all kinds of funny memories, but um, he's so anti-Trump and anti-gun in the stuff that he says. Oh my lord, it's hilarious, but it is interesting how like if that's some pretty big hate speech he had going on there, yeah, you know, like to the or into the weeds. Like, yeah, <laughs> but so it's far. like, well, if it's a very liberal thought process, you can threaten and you can say all these things that yeah. would be considered hate speech and get taken down from our IG accounts or YouTube. But you know, for that, and it's just so funny that's in the middle of a classic wrestling podcast, but. It's- yeah, so it is scary. Like when, you, like you say, digital like sheer cropping. Yeah, you know, I um, forty terabytes
1: like, in a meal. And I mean, it's hard though because I'm creating content for people. So where is the attention? The attention's on YouTube. Like, I, yeah, that's where the attention is. And <clears throat> I think YouTube will continue to be like the behemoth. Like they're smart enough to not cut their throat, because the minute they actually like wholesale ban gun channels will be the minute they actually give rise to a legitimate competitor. Yeah, I mean you're right. It would be
0: smart to keep it governed, but not. And so I mean, it's
1: just little like death by a thousand cuts, but yeah, the attention. I mean, just
0: creating these like you said behemoths. It's YouTube. Yeah, I mean Amazon. Facebook. I mean, I can't. when you talk about big I, I would have never believed Amazon would work and how rel, I mean, how the country just relies on it now like it's the freaking company store now it like is. You, I mean what would happen to people if Amazon was shut down now oh my god if I couldn't get paper towels and toilet paper through okay. Amazon now I had to go to the freaking store to get, get them. them dog food delivered you I, I know those 50 pound bags those big ass dogs I got it'd be horrible man I'd give the dogs away, I think. <laughs> well, um, I got a bunch of questions. Let's go through some. I want to skip to some of yours. Uh-huh. Speaking of your YouTube channel, so our, our buddy Edgar wants uh, to for you to explain some of your trolling of your YouTube comments. Oh, so, so I'm not the only one that gets asshole comments. <laughs> you are definitely not
1: unique <laughs> in this. <laughs> Cause you're such a nice guy. It makes me feel good that you get them too. Oh, there's plenty of those to go around. <laughs> yeah. Aren't there? Yeah. No, I mean, that's one of those things and all when I get comments and stuff, the way I approach all of that is, <coughs> is there value? Like where can I find value in this? So lots of times, most of the comments are like overwhelmingly really positive yep. comments and I'll actually get a lot of really cool, like, direct messages, too, as far as, like, hey, like, I was watching, like, your hot dog hike video where literally we go out on a hike with my boys and we go through the process of, like, kind of skill building, like, build a fire and then roast hot dogs over it. And Mm -hmm. so you have this fun activity with like this whole learning component sure. that's built into it. The way things should always be. Absolutely. And so I'll get people like, Hey, like you inspired me to go do this, this, like I took like that's super my, cool my kids out or someone like, Hey, I took my niece and nephew out and did this. And it's like, awesome man. Like, that's really cool. But of course, flip side, I'll get people that, <laughs> that are just like, who knows like crazy stuff. And so is there value and sometimes you can read a comment and someone will be confrontational but you'll be like you obviously don't understand this and so i'm going to leave your comment there and i'm going to respond and actually give you an answer so that if you are genuinely curious about like why you would do this versus that then like well here's an answer and so it turns into, there's value there because now it's a learning point for other people that actually come by and see that comment. Yeah. Or then I will get other comments where it's like you, like, you're just stupid. Like, <laughs> like, there's no way around this. And so can I basically provide value to my audience by essentially like making light of like how stupid you are? At which Those point, are so fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, have fun with it. And so I'll do that. And then, so you mean just like start roasting people basically pretty much, but in a pretty like subtle way usually. And, uh, well you are more patient and nicer than I am. So, you know, like it is absolutely exercise and patience sometimes, but, and I mean also what people don't see are the comments that I'll just straight up, I will delete and sometimes just ban people. Yeah, It's like, you obviously don't know how to behave, like probably anywhere. Like you bring no value whatsoever to this platform. Like you're done. Yeah. And I mean like when people, I've had people like attack, uh, like my kids and stuff. Yeah. And that then that is, yeah, it's I've like, had, no, I've had like, that happen. So, that's not cool, man.
0: Okay. Or they'll send stuff to my kids and all, you, you know, and it's, no that is such, I mean, for me being someone with some obvious boundary issues yeah that, that's just one that never really like occurs to me no. and, and, and I don't get that and that's just so sad and Yeah, I, I found you know what I found because you're more patient and I just started blocking people on Instagram when they do dumb shit um, um, but then almost always within a day or two there's some, a new ridiculous comment account. with an account <laughs> with yeah that's you know not follow you know yeah. has no followers seven constants <laughs> and a
1: couple numbers yeah it's
0: it's like, uh, you know, the, the the same four angry guys and three
1: of them work for competitors, you know.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you can't, you can't fix it. And I mean, it's one of the, like, every once in a while I'll post stuff, too. Just like, hey, like, you know what? Like, if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, like, just don't do it. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: I would. I, I think I would say most of what I, I say,
1: probably, to I my face. I think I'd say most of the things I...
0: In that post, and yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're pretty calculated, but yeah, I would agree that most people are not that way. But yeah, o- overwhelmingly, I mean, I, I say it, I've said it a lot before like, you probably have a 99% approval rating, and like, I have a lot of haters, so I may have an 80%. It's still like overwhelming, like, positive response and support for what we're doing. Like, it is like I, like I care about the other 20%. Like, no,
1: and it's one of those where the more you do something, the better you get at it, the more confident you are in it. And it's just like, no, like I, like you can't really detract from me at this point. Like, yeah. It, yeah. and if you're doing not, my thing. If, if
0: you don't have haters, no matter how nice you are, you're not kicking ass. Like when you start kicking true. ass, you get, you know. People you, you come you out people of the woodwork. Yeah, work. yeah. 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 So, so, you know, I've known that for a long time. I mean, surefire back at AAC, I mean, it was, you know, oh they were Dude, so kind of treacherous like in their attack of us at AAC and it's because we started, you know, winning their contracts. Like like they still like oh promote people think that they're the ones that won the SOCOM contract. You know, this huge SOCOM contract, their five five six can. We won seventy five percent of the con- the SOCOM contract at AAC. You know, but I mean Surefire does a good job marketing. You know, they lost seventy-five percent of it. And it's still, people think they're the only SOCOM approved silencer, you know, it's, um, but yeah, man, they that's got ruthless a, and we were a
1: small business and they went after us. That's a world that people totally don't understand too. Like actual, like government contracts, oh, solicitation, yeah. all that stuff, like oh. people and part of it is a lot of the programs, like can't talk about like solicitation for the program or whatever.
0: Yeah. A, a lot of it is, or at the time, but it, you know, it's funny you say that. And I see this, this is one I was going to bring up, I'll call them the Griffin armament of the firearms industry. Now Maxim defense. I saw their recent video, you know, they built a knockoff honey badger price it the same. Uh, and then all they keep saying in their videos made for a government requirement like, I wrote the requirement with the government back 10 years ago, and it's called the honey badger requirement. Um, so they even paint the gun to look like the honey badger, and, and they got all this bullshit that they're saying. You know, well, they did copy the one-in-five twists in the barrel, which was smart of them. Um, but they built a honey badger that's two or three inches shorter and weighs,
1: instead of four and a half pounds, weighs six pounds. And that is... W- Ironically, that's one of the magic things with respect to the Honey Badger is just picking it up. It is. Like, it and the fix, both. Yeah. No, like, and I can't, like, I can't get that through in videos because it's like, hey, like, here's this. But that's one of those where until you pick one, it's like, oh, like, everyone that picks it up is just like, wow, like, damn. You know what I do at this point when I
0: look at AR specs or whatever, if I'm looking at competitor stuff or, If I look at a small gun like that and it weighs more than five and a quarter, five and a half pounds, I don't even... Like, I I just write it off. I just turn the page. And it's so funny. I saw one of their little (laughs) fucking dorks in this latest video from TriggerCon saying, Oh, well, we do You know, what unique feature of the Maxim Defense... I don't know what they call it. Probably the the Honey Badger M or something. But uh, whatever they call their gun. Said that it has a unique gas system that operates super and subsonic without adjustment. And it's like, you know, all we commercialized 300 whisper from JD Jones, which he probably did. I don't even remember when he developed the 300 whisper, you know, we just commercialized it and we did make some changes to it and improved it. The bullets are definitely better. It's more reliable. Um, but he probably, he may have even done it in the eighties, but I think it was the nineties. Um, He did super and subs, non-adjustable gas system, the Honey Badger, same way. Like there's nothing unique about this, about their gas system. I
1: mean, when your guns come, I've gone into the range, like testing Honey Badgers and it's like, okay, like function with supers and subs. Oh, they coined a
0: term I saw in this video. When you rainbow the magazine, which means you just put in super and subs randomly just to show how incredibly well the gun functions. All right. So do you rainbow your mags when you go to the range? I definitely do not rainbow (laughs) my (laughs) mags. No, but yeah, it's like, that's just one thing where this is another marketing thing. Like they're saying, oh, it's developed for this secret government program. It's like, yeah, yeah, it happened 10 years ago. Yeah, that's cool. It's um, like you can
1: buy non-GMO sweet potato chips, but there's no such thing as a GMO sweet potato. (laughs) they're all non-GMO sweet potato chips. Organic sweet potatoes, they grow in the ground. Um,
0: Yeah, and and what'd he say? Oh, well, I think it was justifying the weight of this Maxim Defense bootleg Honey Badger was, well, the Honey Badger stock is aluminum and plastic, and you know, well, that's nice and makes it light, but ours is duty built. It's combat ready, duty built keeps in us to justify like that they should have named it like Fat Bertha or something. And, or Moped or whatever that is, the saying about like fat girls. But it's like, oh really? So you gotta make the gun weigh twenty-five percent more to be combat ready. Well, okay, so there's this little gun that a lot of people don't know about called the M four. It has an aluminum and plastic stock that has been like kicking ass in every part of the world for, I don't know, like 50 years at this point, not the M4. Decades. But the yeah, and it's like, hey, dumbass, if you get some real engineers, you don't have to make shit out of heavy steel to make it last and correct. You know, think about uh, the MP5 retractable stock, steel rails with a rubber covered butt pad. That was done in, uh, I don't know, the 70s. And so now their newest gun for the Army is uh, a plastic stock. It's uh, all plastic and aluminum. And yeah, um, HK, they're no dumbasses. asses. Um, so many guns. Hell, the MG 74 has got a plastic stock on it. And that's a machine gun MG3 made after the, the uh, MG 42. Well, hell, the German one, they had what was that Bakelite or some kind of resin stock probably yeah. but I don't know so many guns um, the 249 that's a that's a plastic stock that might be fiberglass reinforced a 20 pound gun or something exactly. but it is that whole idea of you've got a gun design for lowest visibility possible to be able to put in a laptop case but you need a stock that you can shoot rifle grenades like fucking dumb um, overbuilt, overweight. Yeah, and that that's where like I always there's such a love affair, which I also love the MP5 very much. Um, yeah, Die Hard. The MP5 ever watch what?
1: Oh, uh, oh, edited There's a, there's a music video from Guys Night, and it's we gotta watch it like when we're done. Right. it's a it's a song basically. It's like a Die Hard song that they made, and it's it's epic
0: yeah The mp5 it it is awesome but it's so ridiculous now i just love posting stuff like the honey badger killed the mp5 which (laughs) the defense of people who are so emotionally attached to the mp5 and like i have several of them i love the gun but it's ridiculous it's an eight pound nine millimeter maybe seven and a half the right stuff nine millimeter it's it's dumb at this point it's so complicated and expensive and it's an all steel receiver gun and like ah the roller delayed system and people just love it and it is so complicated and such a ridiculous way to solve that whole problem um you know then you got to have that steel receiver it's the guns are sexy and they shoot great but they are high high maintenance it's like the difference in You know, like F one fifty on a trophy truck to race Baja. Yeah. You know, but you're gonna go to the grocery store so you need that trophy truck. Stupid.
1: No, and there's a lot of emotional attachment in the gun industry with Yeah, there is with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't reasonable to me. Like I,
0: I don't you know, when people argue that, you know, like the honey badger with the silencer long handguard is five and a quarter pounds or something like, pounds lighter than the MP5 with no silencer. <coughs> and, the, like, there's just no argument between the two. Like, lighter, more accurate, much longer capability, much more lethal. Ergonomics. You can't even argue the ergonomic question. Oh, um, those the, terrible NHK. Yeah, the only thing that is better with that is that 9mm ammo is cheaper and lighter weight the ammo, maybe. I don't know, and I guess if you get in a die-hard situation, you could put that ammo into your pistol mag, or I don't you know, some, some like dork that was on your YouTube comment yeah, section. Yeah, gray death adder,
1: he'd do that. Gray death adder? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Apparently it's some sort of death adder, and he decided to call himself gray death adder. It's okay. his self-imposed call sign, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he probably does that because
0: you need ammo commonality between you know your everything. Your machine gun and your and your sidearm. Um, oh oh, shit, we had questions. I forgot. Okay, so we got through the one with you. Uh, no two, because somebody asked about your name and you went through that. So your vision, that's a, the vision for Kit Badger long term. What's yeah. that? And for your channel, what's this look
1: like? Yeah. Well, um, I'm three years into my ten year plan. Yeah. Being an overnight success. Yeah. I'm on track. I think like yeah. I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing. I think good stuff. Growing. Um. I I just want to see it continue to grow and. A couple different ways, like one, grow to the point where like on like financially like yeah a business needs to be profitable yeah and I mean That's at the helpful. end of the day like Kit Badger's a business like I've yeah. I've gone all in and continue to and it uh, it's not quite to the point where like it pays all the bills yeah every month yeah a lot of people don't realize that yeah, they, and they
0: I, see like my daughters you know see some girl that reviews makeup on Instagram and think she's like rich because well of... they're on the internet <laughs> yeah. of course they're
1: rich yeah. or i'll have like yeah like i'll have really cool stuff and it's like yeah like i i have this 200 hundred dollar pair of like softshell pants because someone sent them to me not because i can go buy them yeah or like a gun like half the time the guns are out for review and they need to go back or something and it's like
0: yeah. No. Well, you know, I, I found w- w- with you because well, I mean, things are from my standpoint heading in that direction for you. I mean, you're here with us all the time doing videos right. for us, and we're clearly like the coolest fucking gun company there is right now. True story. You, yeah. You, you get invited to Sig. What what'd you win there? You won like yeah, their... won a tread rifle in their uh, competition and stuff. Yeah. What kind of competition? And, fucking shooting competition, yeah, right? Absolutely. So motherfucker can shoot. That's different, you know, so it's like, there's one thing I found with, um, 10 pound monkey who was a graphic artist that I've worked with several times in the past. One great thing about him, I met him similar to how I met you. This is back in the day before IG and everything on silencertalk.com in the AAC form. I would do a photo contest every month and I would give away a free AAC silencer and um, so whoever took like the coolest photo and posted it, so it was marketing for me that I didn't really have to pay for, it cost me a silencer every month, um, would win a silencer. And when he won like three of them, I'm like, what the hell? And so he's a graphic artist and he did all this. So then he started working with me. And what was so great with working with him was, well, he, he wasn't like a competitive shooter like you are and awesome in that way, but he was super queer for guns and silencers and he knew it. And. I think of it in terms same thing when I work with you is when I work with Jason is I didn't have to explain a lot of shit to him because like you know
1: foundational
0: yeah. Yeah. information and that is worth so much to me like I yeah. could see Marty Daniels sitting at his conference table probably fluffing his mullet and viewing you know picture him laid across his wife across the hood of a NASCAR on the other end but trying to tell this marketing company everything you want it's like I ain't got time for that shit And I can't do it like having someone at that level the foundation, like the knowledge that Jason had about guns and silencers was more than novice and, you know, out of this world for a graphic artist. And so, you know, even with you, there's like lots of guys that can review product and all. But then, like, you're doing outdoor stuff. Like, you're super fit. You go hiking. You do all this stuff. You do gun stuff. You shoot. They invite you to SIG with all these other writers and bloggers. And, like, you win the competition. Like, what are you competing in? The, what is the recoil thing? Uh, tactical games are coming up. Yeah. We tactical go games. Again. So, if your equipment doesn't fail you, you should dominate that. But, you know, that that's worth a lot to me because I remember Bud Feeney is this super cool old dude who had been around the industry two and a half times. And he was in his 70s when I went to SIG and he's like the coolest guy. And um, a lot of people are gonna remember this, but he was in charge of the, the SHOT Show catalog for HK years ago. And it's the one where the, you know, and Bud is like a world-class shotgun shooter. But he was running a big marketing team at the time and he wasn't, completely focused on everything and HK I don't remember what year it was probably around 2012 yeah. We'll never that. never ever. The, the ammo it was when the HK45 or something came out and yeah. it was on the cover of the catalog and the magazine is there where the ammo loaded backwards and Bud didn't catch it yeah. you know Bud's a gun guy he didn't catch it a different thing but, but my point is like if I go and hire um, someone to do videos for us I have to explain everything to them and then make sure they don't do dumb shit like that and, like, I don't know. I don't have the... Like, I have a lot of attention to detail, but I have ADD, and I just can't get down with, like, hiring someone that's a great videographer, and that's their job, but
1: they've never touched a gun before. Yeah, and like, exploited. they need so much supervision and guidance to, like... Yeah. To not... And, I mean, that's where, that's where most gun companies, like, get screwed up, too. I mean, there's a ammo company, and I remember I was... Because I, I wanted to reach out... To, is always a hard nut to crack as oh, far as, like, ammo. And so, I was like, hey, I was wondering about this and that, but while I was looking on their site, they have, like, on their page for, like, subsonic ammo, one, nobody's even shooting a silencer in the picture. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, on top exactly. of that, it's, like, either the dude shooting, like, a high point, oh. or it may as well just be, like, a like aluminum casting of a gun. Like the ejection port, I'm pretty sure it was on the wrong set. Like it, it made no sense, but it was a marketing company that was like, oh, like we'll build your website for it. That's the way,
0: I mean, Sig did a good job with a lot of things when I was there, but um, you had to, like the marketing firm that they worked with, which was a huge, you know, one, I don't forget where they were out of, but they would fly from like Nebraska, to sick to film for two weeks but you had to hold their hand the whole time because mm-hmm. it was the same thing and you know and even it, I know there's a lot of gun companies that hire just like quote unquote gun people and we don't do that like I don't give a shit if you like guns or not if you're there I mean you can't actively dislike guns but if it's not a huge part of your life you know you know, I know when Johnny was alive I go to Nevesky everyone carried a sidearm all the time there, and I know a lot of guys are there, that's fine it doesn't bother me but I'm just like, oh my God. Like if I could only hire people that carried a gun every day, I can't even think of, even with our engineers now. Like, do I need gun engineers? No, I want really smart young engineers that can come up working under Ethan and Nick. Um, you know, but certain things, like the marketing stuff, it's just it's too hard in the videos, because I thought about that and then <laughs> For me it's like how expensive is it to do that and then spend a week and you know you come up I cut you loose and then I don't have to dictate like you make whatever videos you want and it's helpful to us.
1: So I, I think I think you're on the right track you're going to see more and more of this. Yeah. No I mean as far as Kit Badger's growing and getting bigger I think it's just one of those where I want it to do just that like I want it to get bigger. and one of the things i've gone out of my way to do is never pigeon the whole kit badger in two different ways like one every time i introduce kit badger it's hey this is ivan with kit badger oh so, wow. i mean someday there might be someone else like yeah what if with you, kit badger yeah what if you have a whole bunch of correspondence knows, that you have to man. keep up with then your job's going to suck it's going to be all management uh, i baby. I would not do I would not <laughs> I don't think I would go that far but no like I yeah like I I would love to get to a point where I could actually like honestly sustain like just more than just me as far yeah. as I mean cause yeah like half the time for the sake of creating reviews like I'm going to use something and I would just as soon go use something with other awesome people to where yeah. it's like go on adventures. And then at the end of the adventure, it's like, Hey, like how'd this stuff like shake out for us or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and you know,
0: it's cool too. Cause I see like the way my journey's been, been at it, you know, in this area of things longer than you. Um, one thing I really liked was now I feel like, and I wouldn't have been able to do it in three and a half years had we not had a company before that was the same thing as we do now, you know, but I say no to stuff. Like I only want to work with companies to me that are on our level, whether it be ammo companies or it be optic companies or, or whatever it is that, that I think really parallel our brand or however you want to phrase it. And to me, like that's a big sense of freedom and success when, you know, I've got, I don't know. Name whatever kind no to, of half yeah. ass product, and they want me to put pictures of it on, you know, my gun on Instagram. And I'm just like, no, we don't do that. If I would not use it, it doesn't, I don't promote it. So that, I think that'll be a good feeling for you too. I don't know that you, if you've done any of that, like if you take I, on products you don't like. I've or, finally
1: gotten to the point where, yeah, like I kind of, unless one it's something I want to review or two that I can actually give it like an honest go because there's some stuff where it's like you know what like that's cool I would love to like do something with it but there's not I can't do it justice like I can't yeah I can't put in time with the way it needs to be used in order to like Give a valuable opinion. I think, in my opinion, for stuff. Yeah,
0: I, I maybe goes back to the first thing when you talk about setting the company up and doing the reviews. It's like some products you want to roast, but you're you're so kind. I wouldn't do it if somebody thought they had a great product and they gave it to me to review. I would give them the courtesy of just saying I can't do it. Give them the product back. Yeah. But if they didn't like send it to you, if you just like stumbled upon it, uh, and, you did, did and I a mean, roasting there's reviews.
1: occasionally. I will say like, when I try, when I review things, the most important thing for me in my mind is to just create the context for how I'm using it. Because I'll say, hey, this is how I'm using it. And if someone, if that's not a use case for someone, then my opinion largely is invalid. Like, yeah. unless I just happen to tell you that's something true. that like, oh, like I was curious about that. Cause it's like, hey, this is how I'm using it. So then when I say, this is what I like about it, or this is what I don't like about it, it's in the confines of how I've used it. So if you're not going to be using that way, then maybe it's not valid. But if you are, then it's like, oh, like that at that point is very valid because that's how you're intending to use it. So what works for me or what doesn't probably will work or not work for you. The, I, well, when it comes to guns, that's one
0: thing I brought up a minute ago because you know, we're obviously a gun company, and you obviously can shoot at a high level, you know, uh, when you win competitions and stuff like that. And that's what's interesting to me over some, sometimes I, I hear, like I'll get sent a link and somebody will say, oh, I've got this Spikes Tactical, you know, Black Widow, whatever, AR. It is everything the Honey Badger is for a fraction of the cost. Like, who is
1: this dude that just got a free gun that doesn't actually shoot? I listen to that all the time. Yeah. People, people reach out and be like, well my Mosin Nagant can, okay <laughs> dude, that's cool. And it's one of those too where it's like, going back to use kit, like how do you intend to use this? Like is the honey badger for everyone? No, probably not. Like one, a lot of people can't afford it probably. Yeah, Which I, that's is, the sucky side. Which like is a bummer, but real quick side note that i need to say yeah with respect to price is it is not a zero-sum game if someone can afford a honey badger that does not mean that you can't afford a honey badger. like someone purchasing a honey badger doesn't mean that you can't purchase one like people get this what are you p- saying people get in their mind that like oh well it must be nice like since you oh, can afford that, afford that, you're the reason I can't afford it. And it's like that is not how this works. Oh, you're no. just talking about stupid people. Pretty much. But people like cause I listen to that all the time where people they'll comment on cost and it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff I review, like I can't go I couldn't go buy it. Like I can't afford it. Well and yeah. It's one of those where Yeah, like that would be like, I mean, if I did all the guns I could afford, like I'd be reviewing like the Savage Rascal, like over and over <laughs> again. But it's one of those where it's like, no, like I'm not, this isn't, hey, this is, I'm gonna review the guns I can afford. It's, hey, I've continually like have this backlog of doing a good job reviewing things and more and more people are sending me things. And you know what? Like Usually the people that want their gun reviewed is not like the bargain basement, as people? Are yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, I don't, you know, for me, it's when you see, like you, you've been to other gun companies, but when you see and understand what goes into the Honey Badger, it's an incredible value. Like I don't get rich off the Honey Badger as much as no. people would like to believe. It's like, it looks like an AR. Very similar.
1: Well people don't there's so
0: few common parts in that gun. And the only reason an AR you can buy one for five hundred bucks is it, it's artificial pricing because there's so many millions of them made. Yeah. And when you cut out all those common parts,
1: it's expensive to build one. But the other like the other thing that people don't understand, and I haven't done a video on the honey badger for a while, like since I did my deep dive and stuff, but every time or even the deep dive on the fix for that matter, every time I come and I'm hanging out with your engineers, which are compensated. I'm sure like high-level engineers get compensated. Like not only are they one- Very building, high pay scale like you b- Building guns, like they're out there building guns, but two, they're constantly improving those platforms. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like, hey guys, like we just, we just change this in the fix, or hey, we just improve like this, uh, like part of the recoil system. In, I mean, I've seen it because it's been yeah. like, hey, I'm testing this. Yeah, like, we don't go hey, and put test it all this. out there because
0: in everybody, couple things, everybody it happens a lot because, you know, we want the gun to be as good as possible, but I don't want to promote it either because then everybody thinks they constantly have to send their gun oh, in with no, this new part because, like, my fix. It's one of, the, like, the first 20 that were built. And I think I've had i I've changed something on it. But, like, one part on my gun. And my I don't have, have a current one. No, like, my Honey
1: Badger's on the front end of them. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I've burn through round and I got zero issues yeah, with that if, thing.
0: if it works, but you know, for us, a lot of times changes, half of them will be for production yeah. or ease of, you know, it's an easier way to make the parts. So it eliminates that as a bottleneck so we can produce more. Um, but you know, it is transparent. It, as I try to be with all of our stuff with the whole customer base. There's just, just like with some of the employees, like I'm with all the employees at Q, I'm pretty open with most things. There's some things it does not benefit any of them to be involved yeah. with. And I think it's some of the minor changes that happen with the guns, but it'll continue to happen over time. No, if for we, sure. You know, because like, sometimes I, we build 3,000 before we
1: realize, you know, this could actually be a little better. You have to assemble 3,000 of them yeah. before you understand that. And I only bring that up to say, like, the value oh. in the platform. Oh, like, it is the fix is a $20,000 rifle you can buy for $3,000. That's what the fuck that is. We, the other day, we were talking... Uh, I was talking with Adam about... Well, the other day, as in yesterday. <laughs> I was talking with Adam about the new side-chick chassis. Oh, yeah. And I love it. Thing's amazing. And we were talking about the idea of, like, hey, like here is this side-chick chassis. And... Yeah, like it retails for like fifteen hundred bucks, and that's it's expensive. like that's expensive. And then we were talking further in the conversation about dropping a used three hundred and ninety nine dollar Remington seven hundred in it, and like what we were getting out of that combination, which surpasses a 20, like nineteen hundred dollar Remington seven hundred at that point. Yeah. Like, literally, once you drop that in, that chassis, if you look for something comparable, you're well over the $2,000 mark. Yeah,
0: the, the chassis point. is an interesting play for us, but it was, it was the first solo project for one of the young engineers. And there's some parts commonality with the fix, but there's so many 700s out there. You're right. You can get used one for 399 and for me, i cut, thread the barrel, put it in that chassis, and that is an incredible hunting rifle, target rifle for the rest of your life. It's amazing. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's still—I mean, it's cheaper. It's still cheaper than like a
1: Daniel Defense AR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cheaper than most any other Remington seven hundred clone rifle with the same features in it. But, yeah, because even like I have some custom
0: seven hundreds with like the Manners folding stock, which I like a lot. That stock was $900. When I, I don't know if that's like retail, but I bought three at one time and they were $900. You know, and that doesn't have, you know, the, the, the AR ergonomics, it doesn't, um, you know, it does, it weighs even all like, uh, I got the carbon fiber. It still weighs more than the the chassis does, I believe the side chick chassis. And I don't get the top rail. I can't mount inline night vision. You know, there's just a lot of features on it. I don't have a Q-SERD or M-Lock on the fore end that, you know, I don't have with that. And that's just, you know, a stock. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but they, yeah, Mitch could not have done a better job with that chassis, in my opinion.
1: That thing's awesome. Considering you have to put it on a 700. Yeah. But like, yeah. you can't change the action. Yeah. Like. No. But you might still get bolt bind because it's <laughs> 700, but... But it does transform that gun. It does. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you get a
0: lot of the great features of the fix, you know. But Just the lock-up alone of the folding stock. Yeah. Like, the hinge is incredible. The hinge is great. The low profile when you fold it, the short length, then mm-hmm. you get an attachable magazine, you know, with like any other chassis. Um uh, I love the mag release he did for that thing super
1: clean the whether it's from either side or even below yeah and it's not obtrusive like no. none of it's obtrusive
0: no and you know two and a half pounds for that thing
1: um, I don't know did you guys weigh the stock of the plastic yeah. what well, did I we? or sorry we didn't weigh that plastic stock he has that but the chassis I pulled my 700 out of because had added in a chassis oh, yeah. That was three and a half pounds without a folding stock. Well,
0: that's pretty light for most of the chassis. Chassis
1: it's yeah. actually relatively light, but the folding stock in that
0: gun makes a big difference. It's huge. Oh, and those manner stocks that I have, they have no adjustability on the stock really. So that's another cool feature of it. Um, yeah, that that's neat, you know, and that's one of those things where we didn't really anticipate doing a chassis at the time, but then it, it made a sense. It made sense for a few
1: reasons. Um yeah, I couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Yeah, and I mean, it was it was funny having that conversation though, like the idea of it being expensive until you think about dropping a Remington 700 in it and then look at everything that you're getting and it's like, oh, well, I guess it's a deal.
0: Yeah, I, I mean,
1: just like a I, fax I would pay so.
0: two grand for a good shooting 700 in that. Yeah. I mean, in the in the scheme of guns, I mean, I don't like those those goofy ass like racing Glocks that everybody carries now. Like all those guns are twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. I, just for a little sidearm.
1: And they're marginally probably. I'll just say this: they're probably not as reliable as a stock Glock. Like I would guarantee yeah. that. You did a lot of work to a gun to reduce the reliability of it. Yeah. It makes it look cool, though. So I think... Remember
0: those Affliction shirts?
1: (laughs) Yes. I think
0: think that's what um, those compensated lightened slide glocks are.
1: Man, I... If you're going to lighten the slide, even if it's just for aesthetics, I'm cool with that. As soon as you punch a hole all the way through the slide, all I think about is just Gathering lint and dust. Yeah. Like, well, I, you know... And I, rocks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Things that will make the gun not work. I, I, I didn't... Um, yeah, I used to shoot competition handgun. And I'd shoot handguns a lot. Like, I, I had a range at my place in Georgia and shoot handguns constantly. Um, this years ago. But, you know, now just a handgun to me is like... Just when I can't have a rifle. <laughs> like, you know, I don't hunt, I don't shoot long range with a handgun. Like, a handgun is for like the glove box or the kitchen cabinet. It's or, defensive you know, weapon. C- yeah, carry a g- yeah, completely
1: defensive. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I, I can't have a rifle right now. That's when
0: they called, the, actually, a branch in the military when they wrote, they wanted the Honey Badger a few years ago and they wrote um, a requirement and it was PDW. And I was like, that's the wrong name. Like to me, I view the honey badger as a pow, you know, personal offensive weapon. I'm like I don't want defense. Screw that. Right. Like, uh, it, and it didn't make sense to me. But you're right. A pistol is, that's a defensive weapon. Yeah, you're not going in the offense with that one. No. So, uh, that's pretty interesting. What What else? Um, okay, we can get through a lot of these oh somebody asked me about the friendly toast i love the friendly toast the restaurant in portsmouth for breakfast the squirm omelet is delicious um but kind of my new home for breakfast is if you're in portsmouth is uh bubby's it's a jewish deli there in town that is is my favorite currently um i still like the friendly toast I ate there a couple days ago with ethan um, Eight six ammo. Have you shot? Did you shoot eight six or anything while you were here? Uh,
1: not this trip. No. <coughs> Bless Excuse you. Me. Um, no. I think Nick had just shot it all. <laughs> he shot all the ammo <laughs> before you got here. <laughs> and then, and then I <laughs> see him. Jerk. I see him, and he's like, "I haven't." supposed to tell me before you come, so that I can make sure everything. Like I got. Yeah, like, he's, all this he stuff, screwed you
0: because know. they they're doing like. You shot it when you were here before, now. but yeah, so now yeah. we're getting getting to test the the expanding subsonic yeah. bullets and stuff, so that's pretty exciting. That's really cool. Um, yeah, that gun's cool, so that ammo and all is coming, and uh, that's exciting now, and people always want a time frame, so we knew it'd be sometime between now and probably the end of Q1 of next year, Um and it got bogged down with a couple things that were kind of out of my control, but now there's a, there's a, an actual push from um, a military uh, for it, so it's a little more full throttle now, so that's pretty exciting. Really cool. uh, yeah, I mean, it's a legit cartridge. You know, there's all these other things. Like, I saw a meme about 300 Hammer or something the other day, which was some cartridge. I think it was like a 300 blackout improved thing somebody was trying to push like i don't know depends on your use like 300 blackout could it be better if you want supersonic only yeah you make the case a little longer you know yeah you could do that because it'd be set up for shorter bullets or subsonic only you know you could shorten the case but for overall it's great and 86 is going to be that but with 308 but instead of a <coughs> you know your supersonic bullets going to be 150 180 and the subsonic being 250 to who knows, 350, 360? Yeah. Expanding subsonic, thousand feet a second. And um, so and people wanting to know too beyond that what's great about you talk about a deer slayer, so 12 and a half inch barrel, more muzzle energy than a 16, 18 inch, 308 with supersonic. But an expanding 300 plus grain subsonic bullet going like a thousand a, feet a second. It's like an ashtray. Like that. That's gonna be so good. And, you know, Ethan's getting accuracy. They're getting with the subsonic already, you know, and they haven't finished testing all the twist. But with his first guess um, with this bullet, I think they were getting right under 2 MOA at 100 with subsonic. Like, I don't even care if he continues the work. Like, yeah, to me, that's amazing. for me, deer hunting with that, like, 100 yards, under 2 inches, I'm good.
1: Well, that's also you being pragmatic, because the internet is like, I need a half MOA. Sure you do. And you're like, okay, sure you do. for what?
0: Well, okay then. Well, you know, it's so funny reading that shit on the internet, and you know, I'm not the greatest shot in the world, and I'm not the greatest hunter, and, or any of these things, but I do enough. And it, it's like, not too many people shoot subsonic at distances that Ethan and I do. I tell you, the problem, you start stretching subsonic out. You now, this bullet, an expanding subsonic at 300 grains, let's call it, I don't care where the target is, you hit it, you know, because the bigger you're making yeah. that bullet to, them I and the BC is great. Like, it's going to expand if it hits something at any distance. And, but the the time, from the time you pull the trigger, the flight time, when you start talking three 400 yards on a target, like, a deer could walk three steps by the time yeah. the
1: bullet gets there. You know, it's not like shooting supersonic. So I was shooting the Mini Fix with the uh, hundred and eighty-eight grain cellos rounds from the so three hundred blackout, the Minifix, yeah. Fix eight-inch barrel. Yeah, yeah. At like five hundred yards, <laughs> it's so fun, isn't it fun? <laughs> oh my gosh! Like one, I need to get. I think ADM twenty scope. Well, beyond that. American defense manufacturer. I was talking to them at a show, and yeah. they're like, "Yeah, we make this," and I'm like, "I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna talk to you about that." Like they make a hundred moa base. Yeah. Someone requested it, and so now they have it, like the CAD drawing or whatever, so they can make them. But yeah, like you run out of elevation so yeah. fast. Oh yeah, that's she why you gotta sense. have like a, um, you gotta have be able to dial. Have a Man. 20 MOA mount and then have a horse reticle or you yes, can hold. Yes, you can hold. Like I was holding like. outer space? Wait, like and up on a hillside, like, all right, so there's a bush. I'm going to hold a little low and right of the bush. Oh. Shoot and then drop that. And you have plenty of time to get back on target. Oh, so yeah. See where your impact is.
0: Ethan and I have routinely shot at distance, like at a range, into where we run out of elevation and you know, we keep backing up to where we're holding the top of the tree line to hit the target at the uh-huh. base of the tree. So, I mean, that's not practical. It's not practical. It's but, fun. Yeah, but for us to see, like, capability yeah. and can we find, uh, you know, uh, you know, something to aim at and uh-huh. see how many rounds we can put on target and stuff like that um there is a capability it's like i always say you know those browning high powers from world war ii with the 800 meter rear sight yeah it's because i mean you hit somebody in the head with a nine millimeter (laughs) bullet 800 yards it's gonna kill them Done. yeah coming back so those big long pointy rifle bullets will really do it uh so that's pretty exciting so so um okay so to get back on task here eight six ammo is coming Uh, You'll be able to get brass, reloading stuff. You'll be able to get factory ammo from a couple places right out of the gate. Uh, The initial gun will be the fix with uh, the arm brace on it that we designed and SB Tactical makes for us with a 12 and a half inch barrel. Um, I don't remember what that gun weighs, but it's light. Uh, I I knew the other day, maybe it's five pounds. It's it's light. Silencers will be coming out first of the year for it too, maybe a little before, but I think that one will be first of the year. Um, it takes a Cherry Bomb, but it's a larger diameter because that's a three thirty eight cartridge. So the rear mount will be bigger, but you'll you'll be able, if, if somebody wanted the 8.6 can, you get it with the larger Cherry Bombs, and we'll have those threaded eighths 24. So you'll be able to put that on your three zero eight. Um, you know, kind of now like the Trash Panda comes with a half 28 Cherry Bomb and a 5H 24, so you can put on your 5.56. So we have that. The Jumbo Shrimp, which is our 6.5 silencer that seemed like it went the way of the dodo bird, um, is coming and we just, our silencers went through the roof in popularity and we didn't anticipate it properly. And it's just taken time to increase production. And so this month is uh, August, we'll see uh, and the market should see more of the silencers being shipped this month. Um, we increased production by 50%. And the jumbo shrimp, uh, I think, will also ship with two muzzle brakes. And it's under 10 ounces, under 6 inches long. It's awesome for 6'5". Um, you could know, use them 243, 223, whatever. But that, that'll be sooner than later because we just needed an increase in baffle production to be able to start shipping those um that's got a pretty cool uh, we did the box and all like the oh, trash really? panda and nice. thunder chicken so it's a shrimp yeah, you'll see it um mini fix I don't I don't you saw oh you filmed some being uh, mm-hmm. being assembled to be ready to be shipped so so those are starting to ship uh, more than just a couple. We, we, we've got some out on the market, but very few. But we're starting to ship production now. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I think what they're building what, the 224s right now? 224. Oh, Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah, and so then uh, all the pre-orders, so all you guys have been patient with that, thank you. You're not gonna be disappointed in the gun. And you'll be able to get, uh, you'll be able to get um, 300 blackout and 223 barrels pretty soon. And as soon as we've fulfilled the pre-orders, the 300 blackout mini fix with the arm brace and the eight-inch, excuse me, eight-inch barrel, uh, those will start to ship. Uh, what do you think about the mini fix? You've had one for a while, huh?
1: I love that. Thing. I don't have
0: one. You have one.
1: I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got the second one that <laughs> came sense. into existence. Second one. Um, Things are looking up for Kit Badger. They are looking. Probably up sell that gun out. for twenty grand. Probably. I'd probably buy it for that, honestly. (laughs) No, that thing is amazing. I mean, one... Yeah, tell me about it. Why would you want it? Well, I I, I mean, it's... So it goes back to use, and there's so many people that ask just that, like, why would you do that? And it's like, well, obviously you wouldn't, because you're asking that question. But as far as a purpose-built hunting gun... Oh, God. It's incredible. I mean, one, you end up with something, we'll just just make the statement that we have stupid gun laws to include our ATF, NFA, like short-barreled rifles, all that bullshit. Yeah. It's stupid. Silly. But with that, you don't need a 24-inch barrel to shoot a deer from 50 to 100 yards. No. Like, in any caliber. And the only thing a long barrel usually does for you is just get stuck on trees. and Yeah, it's annoying to hunt. Even if oh you're sitting gosh. in a blind, it's so annoying to use a like, barrel, long barrel. It, there's <laughs> no need for it. But when you also, when you go the route of a short barrel rifle, you end up with all the legal stuff that goes with beyond a $200 tax stamp. Now, if you try and travel with it, like, it's a huge mess as far as, like legalities paperwork and everything like that. And there's a lot of places where like you might have a hunting season that's literally pistol season. Yeah. And now you have a pistol. That's true. And it fits in a backpack easily. Oh man, like it, it's so small, fits in anything. It you have pretty much all the ergonomics of of oh, everything AR. you would want like an AR basically. Yeah, Ergonomics are good. Ergonomics are amazing. It's so fun to shoot Both to me, run. even with my kids. Like, it's a blast. A little 300
0: blackout with subsonics, it makes twenty two almost obsolete to me for Being,
1: fun target shooting. Yes, because also the fact that it isn't a gas gun or anything like that, too. Yeah. Like, it is quiet. Like It is really quiet. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, the AR action's not loud, but when you shoot a lock breach like that, oh my god. Yeah. You got if you got a decent silencer and some good
1: ammo, that is And when it's it comes, just a smile, it just produces it, a smile. It is. It is. Yeah. And uh, everyone who shot it has just been like, This is a man it's like, Yeah, this thing's incredible. And as much as people want to go like the Midwest or Montana or wherever and shoot like a deer antelope at like twelve hundred yards like, most of America hunts at about 50 yards yeah. on the edge of a cornfield. I don't think most people shooting deer that far. But, yeah. Um, yeah, most of the shooting, most practical shooting.
0: And it really is. The gun is just so handy. It, it'll be interesting to see how it's received. I mean, I think you saw at SHOT Show this past year, it's like copies of that or people doing short bolt guns. Oh, I, I mean, all over the place. I mean, this gun just created such a buzz for that. Yeah. And it really is practical. Mm-hmm. Um, if you actually use a gun... A long gun. I mean, it is. It is incredibly practical. But it's another one of those we talk about how you can't explain. You know, to me, it's like like I've said before, the Grand Canyon. You know, like you can't describe the Grand Canyon to people. And and when you pick up a honey badger, you pick up the fix. It feels. I mean, you just know it's different. It feel. It feels it's like it's
1: missing parts. They're so lightweight. It
0: does.
1: And. Oh, it's just yeah. like how. So going back to the side check. Yeah as light as that gun is, it still feels like a bone anchor when you pick up a fix, right? Oh, yeah, like it's true. It's like, I know I shaved pounds off this and it's still heavy because yeah. the receiver and everything. Yeah, the receiver. Like that still receiver just, is... It's heavy. It's heavy. Like you can't get away from it. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it was... A, well, you know, it's... I, I think it's a mistake, but if you want to mass produce and build guns that way and you're not worried about ergonomics or changing barrels like it's a cheap easy dirty way to do
1: it speaking of ergonomics real quick like pet peeve of mine man people are still putting out rifle stocks for by way of example 700s that are perfectly optimized for iron sights on a rifle with absolutely like like, you can't even mount iron sights on, like, any of the SPSs or any of the Remington 700s, pretty much. Yeah. But every single stock that comes out is made for iron sights. Like the, you, you're, it's a constant struggle to find the lowest rings you can possibly find yeah. so that you don't have, like, a chin weld with a stupid stock that yeah. comes on it. Yeah, you really need an
0: adjustable...
1: You but, need or stuff. like at the very least just something with a high cheek comb because otherwise yeah it's terrible. Yeah,
0: yeah, you, you can't <coughs> see can't see through the scope, yeah, without sticking uh-huh. your chin on the yeah, you're right. Um I had some question okay, so the whistle tip and the bottle rocket. So we, I kind of came up with these silly products, but no so we had the cherry bomb, the little muzzle brake which designed to most people shoot with a silencer is designed to be as efficient as possible for something that's, you know, 75% the weight of an A2 flash hider. Um, and, you know, don't make the silencer big and heavy. Like I've seen now where other companies can't really engineer the stuff as small and lightweight as durable. Now they'll market their silencer. Not only do they sell it without a rear mount or muzzle device, but they offer the weight like that. Without the rear mount of the silencer and without a muzzle device, well, a, a thing you know the old AAC stuff that I designed, you know the flash hiders would weigh like three and a half ounces. Um, you know the dead air stuff is very heavy. There's several silencer companies out there that their muzzle device is very heavy, and then the rear mount is very heavy, <clears throat> and so just in that part of their silence, they'll have six ounces on us. Um, but what we did with the 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 bottle rocket is an additional two chamber muzzle brake that goes over the cherry bomb. So if you're shooting without a silencer for some God awful reason, like you live in a state that doesn't allow them, then it offers you more recoil reduction. And those two parts together, if you have the cherry bomb and the bottle rocket together, it weighs the same as like a surefire muzzle brake, but you get an extra chamber out of it, which is kind of cool. The whistle tip, is basically a little thread protector blast deflector sort of nevesky creek brake, and a lot of silencer companies have made them that go over the muzzle brake to just push the gases forward and the sound you know concussion everything forward so it doesn't make it very uncomfortable for people shooting beside you um you know that that's all those things are uh the future of the fix um, you know, we're gonna continue to grow that platform. Uh, most of you know the Mega Fix is, is the next one after the pistol versions uh, of the mini and the full-size fix. And it's gonna be, you know, 300 Win Mag at least, or 300 PRC. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be a, a 338 Lapua gun yet, but we'll see. Um, and, and there'll be more calibers and barrels for the fix coming. You know, our deal is production on that now. And, for instance, we're supplying, uh, you can go on Proof proof Research, their website right now, and order. We supply them with barrel extensions. So you can order barrels in, like, four calibers in each one of them and two to four barrel links. They're carbon fiber barrels right now. So you don't even have to wait for us. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so you didn't know that, huh? No, yeah,
1: that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Their barrels are so expensive, and then trying to stock them all, and yeah, like, what are we trying to do? Build guns or sell barrels? Or... Uh, easier to just give them the extensions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we want to be able to support it all, but it's just not practical right now. And no. and we do want these partners like Proof Research, other good
1: barrel companies, to to support the product. Um, as a, as a quick aside, yeah. Whether this it makes it on there or not. Um, I don't know if you've ever done work, whether it's for 8.6 or anything else, but, um, really, really cool guys, or at least the, uh, one of the main guys over there that I interface with at, um, Criterion Barrels. If you ever, uh, if you guys ever need to talk to, uh, someone else to do barrels for stuff, they, they do all kinds of stuff to include, um, they, they're actually probably the only people making them, but like they'll make barrels for M1 Grands and everything like that too. Oh, wow. And then of course, all your different like 300 Blackout and 556 and then all your Remington 700 Where match are they? barrels. They're over in, um, where's all the barrel companies? I feel like they're over like, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin or somewhere. I think it is like Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't know them. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll see more. Um. Whether it's Krieger or, you know, whatever, we're gonna try to carry barrels for them. But the focus is really getting the guns out yeah. there. Um. Yeah. Stock and brace sales for the guns. So we have a uh, AR compatible brace that we've been working on. You know, like the Honey Badger for some time now. That should be out this year. Um. The fixed brace we've done. It should be available. Uh I don't know when. Um sometime here pretty soon and we'll start selling the stock. But it's another one of the things where we're not gonna ship, you know, refuse to ship a gun to sell a stock situation. Yeah. Um so that's coming on. The Erector Nine and Forty Five. So did I don't know that you probably didn't see that. I don't know, was Brian in this week?
1: Um, I was checking out the Erector Nine. Okay.
0: So so that'll be I don't know, it should have already been, but it'll be this year. The Erector 45 will just be different baffles for that. Mm. Um, it'll come after, but the Erector 9 turned out great. Um, so we're just going through the final stages, of getting that ready to start producing and shipping those. Um, yeah, it's a handgun silencer to me still. I, I bet most of those now will go on the, those carbines, the pistol caliber carbines. So we're doing, I think Brian's doing the, the final thing right now, the three lug. Yeah, for a tri-lug card. and then yeah. a direct, uh, direct thread mount, he was saying. Okay, yeah, so there's those things in the booster for the, the pistols. Um, uh, somebody wanted to know adjustable gas blocks, pros and cons. Um, you know, adjustable gas blocks, the cons are they're generally complicated or heavier or bigger. Um, Then you have to remember if you have it set in the right setting. Um, A lot of times, you know, the pro is you you can generally make it work with whatever you prefer to shoot. The original Honey Badger did not have an adjustable gas block. The new one, the one we produce at Q does. And that was not really necessary. But why we decided to do it was I think Ethan designed it. And it's lighter than any non-adjustable gas block. And it's just two set screws and one's like a donut and you got to hold through it to adjust the first one (laughs) and the second one's a jam nut and so we set them at the factory to cycle and lock open with sub and supersonic but the idea being if all you do is shoot subsonic then adjust it just for that or if you're going to shoot all supersonic then you know shut some of the gas off and set the gun up just for that i'm not sure it was necessary but ethan did a really slick job on one and we were making it anyway and it wasn't any bigger or really that much more complicated than a non-adjustable one. Uh, it's super
1: lightweight and low profile. The other thing, too, that's nice is depending on, since you guys sell those also, like just adjustable gas blocks.
2: Mm.
1: That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, people buy them to put them on other yeah. things. And with that they're good sometimes they're good and not only that but sometimes when you get barrels barrels are mixed usually gas ports are way too big on those yeah. barrels yeah so
0: like, i mean i could see being a manufacturer just sell as many barrels as you can that way at least it's going to cycle
1: well i think that's where manufacturers finally landed because if you made a gas block to spec who knows what down the line is out of spec on top of like underpowered, like, Winchester white box, and now the gun doesn't cycle. Yeah. And so rather than have people point fingers at you, like, bore that thing out and put all the gas. (laughs) It's
0: going to cycle. Yeah. Um, The lefty silencer. The lefty... You know, that was actually a government program, and we were working on it, and we built the first few prototypes, and we decided not to work on it. It was just... Um. the issue with it was it was just going to take a couple of the really smart guys to devote a lot of time to it and it wasn't a huge contract and, you know, we're still working on the guns that we've got and the silencers that we've got that we're ordered on already so, like, it's just, just kind of taking a back seat and since it's 5.56, five, it's just not been a priority Um, but, it, I mean, it is coming but I thought it would be this year, but it won't be. And I don't have a date for it. Uh, Sugar Weasel 5.56 uppers. Uh, those are coming because the 5.56 gun is coming. I think it's going to be, is it a
1: 12 12, 12 and 3 quarter inch? I think my barrel got cut to 12 and 3 quarters. Okay. It's going to be in that range. Because it was eyeballed and then we measured <laughs> it afterwards.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, That's what happens when know. you get prototype stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah so those are coming whole guns and then we will have the 300 blackout uppers the uh, seven inch barrel and then we will have the twelve and a half inch five five six uppers as well so if you buy one of the guns and one of the calibers you'll be able to get the other upper if you want Um, I forget the question somebody had something about my kids Um, right now with the kids we skate a lot Uh, that's mostly what we do. All three of my kids are into it right now. Um, so that's fun for me. Uh, oh, the H, the Honey Badger story, how the gun came to be. Um, I've I mentioned a few times in the podcast, but we developed the 300 Blackout from 300 Whisper at the request of, the, of SOCOM. And then uh, once they adopted that, uh we did the honey badger for a particular unit for them to be able to get the cartridge and it was to replace the mp5sd um and so it bested the mp5sd in really every category except cheap ammo um, it was lighter more accurate more compact you could shoot it without a silencer um ergonomics were better super subsonic uh, just yeah the range oh my god you know the, I mean the MP5 SD is a 50 meter gun and you know this the honey badger is probably a 300 meter gun uh, but that's how it came to be it was originally for a military requirement and then I was doing some uh, technical advising for Call of Duty back at the same time and got the honey badger into the video game and so that's kind of how all that came to be um, Somebody want to know best gun meme page. I do you don't know? Yeah, you. I don't know either. Cause most of it just seems to turn into like, like there's a bunch about me, like personal attacks and stuff, but like, I love funny gun shit, but I haven't seen anybody that's, that doesn't have like a personal agenda with someone. It yeah. just does funny gun stuff. Maybe I should do that. Um, no, oh, because I see tons of great. Wait, you mentioned one earlier on the the ammo website, but oh my god! And then yeah, like the HK yeah. ammo and backwards. There's so many. There could be so many good ones, but I don't know. But if anybody uh, tag me in one if you've got a good gun meme page. Um, oh, that was a smart ass comment. Yeah, <laughs> Silencer Co is almost a gun meme <laughs> page to me. <laughs> but some of the silly shit they post Um, that was kind of my agenda what else have you seen or thought or uh,
1: anything worth mentioning um no I think one of the things I always love coming to uh, coming to visit the shop and just talking with all the guys all the engineers is just all the little projects and stuff and all the incremental, all the the behind-the-scenes stuff as far as, like, hey, like we just made this new fixture. Like, it allows us to do this, this, this faster. Or, hey, like, we changed the radius on the, uh, like, basically on the bolt handle. And now, because of that, it cuts down machining time and all these different things. And, like, it's... It is exciting to see them. It's really cool to see. And the other thing that's cool is... You, as much as you can, cutting your guys free to just pursue cool shit too. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, that's what they love. Like, they love problem solving. And, yeah. So it'll be like, here's a problem. And it'll be like, oh, cool. And then they'll have some other little side project and they'll be excited working about that. And, yeah. Like, Mitch the other night, he's like, hey, do you want to go, like, cut down this barrel? And I'm like, no, dude. Like, I'm just. I've been filming for like 12 hours, like running around. He's like, and I'm like, just go get some rest. He's like, well, if we don't do this, I'm probably just going to go like cut down some other barrel and spend some time on the machine. Cause I like, I like machining stuff. And it's like, ah, oh, well, we'll figure something out then. All right. It's,
0: it's but. good. You know, it's one of the things where, I don't know. It could be dangerous with some of the young guys. We start to have some success and, um, with certain products and then, you know, they could either get a big head about it or get like lackadaisical cause things are going good. Or, you know, what you hope is they want to continue it and they want to then, you know, get some more excited about the next project cause it's going to come to fruition. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always happen, but you know, when we all agree on something, my mind generally doesn't get changed. I find a way for us to be able to do it and they get excited. Uh, you know, just like the chassis. And, and I'm excited to see the bipod
1: coming out. That's going to be really cool. The like, bipod. He came and cool. showed that. He's like, check this out. And I'm yeah. like, dude, that is amazing, Brian. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I finally figured out this piece. Like, did the glue tests. Like, it's there. And yeah. It's like, sweet. Yeah, the problem
0: solving. and You know, it's a, that's a tough thing. Like, it seems dumb. But when you got some guys as smart as Brian and, you know, Ethan... Like you got to come up with things for them to occupy their mind, Yeah, you know, it's, it's to it's, challenge them. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, really to, to challenge them to solve problems that are not too expensive or that in some way can benefit the company, but you got to keep them entertained. Um, you know, so it can't be, Hey, we developed the fix and we just live off that. I mean, that's, that's great. And that's going to all probably always be the cornerstone of the company or at least for, you know, some years to come. But to get them excited even about the small projects. Yeah. um, You know, because the Bipod's a place where, you know, again, it is, do we need, what was that (coughs) goofy-ass Maxim Defense uh, combat-ready stock or, uh, you know, whatever the terms that they would use for overbuilding something. and you know, the bipods that we have now, like the Atlas is okay bipod and the Harris and stuff. It's like, well, wouldn't it be great? Like, I only need it for this. What if it weighed half as much? Like, what all do we actually need it to do? Does that need to be all billet and heavy as hell? How about you guys engineer a way for that to provide me the rigidity when I load it, but not weigh that much? Like, what materials do we have to use? What can you change? Like, you telling me that the... You know, the Atlas is a cool bipod. You guys telling me those guys are smarter than you? Like, do something better. Uh, Those are the things I like. I like a lot of the small stuff because, you know, a gun, it can take a long time. So having them do big projects and small ones on the side so we can have new stuff, keeps everybody interested, gives everybody something to do. It's exciting.
1: It is. It's really cool. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's a cool place. Like
0: yeah. people want to be there. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, we just hired, what I guess, the past week or so, four new employees. And um, it is very interesting to me. Uh, uh, girl that I know is dating a guy from SIG right now. You know, we're intentionally two miles from SIG for recruiting and other things. But um, he's explaining to this girl how SIG is so great and they're a real gun company and he's gonna convert her. And uh, she was telling me this after a date with him the other night. And then to see the last, these four jobs that we had, like for four jobs, 100 resumes from people from SIG to apply for those jobs. And, and I know at least two of them, the, uh, they narrowed it down in the final three interviews, two of the people for each of those jobs that I was included in the hiring. Uh, two of the three were from SIG. And I don't, I don't know, I'm, I can't be positive, but I don't think anybody at Q is applying for jobs at SIG. And I don't think SIG's a bad company to work for. So so for me as someone, as, you know like leadership at our company, seeing that a great gun company like SIG Every time we have a job opening, we are flooded with resumes from that company to come yeah. work with us. And to me, that says something. Absolutely. You know?
1: I mean, <coughs> it's a it's a fun place to be. Like, it is. And I mean, I think so. Everyone, everyone works hard. Like, they're working hard, but they're still having fun with it. And, yeah. Yeah. I wonder that all the time. Like, if I worked at...
0: I don't know, Griffin Armament, would I work hard? You know, if you worked at like a mediocre company, would you work hard? I I, I don't think I would. I think
1: I would be so lazy. I couldn't get into it. And I mean, part of it is going back to that freedom to like work on projects and stuff. And I mean, I'll be hanging out, like working on stuff with like Mitch Mm -hmm. till like 11 at night. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like, See you at 8.30, let's start this over again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you, back back in the day when Ethan and Eric Burt and um, at AAC went, excuse me, we were <coughs> like hitting our stride there and in our prime. And I realized how young everyone was that was there. And one great thing about a lot of that, and you see it at Q, like half the people don't have family. So they don't have the responsibilities like you and I have, children, stuff like that. So they've got all this free time. So what are they gonna do? Like they're gonna go out like chase girls, they go out and drink or, you know, they ride their dirt bikes or whatever the guys do there. Or, but but, you know, that's what I used to see at AAC back in the day. And when we moved to a new facility was, I'm gonna create this incredible place that looks like the inside of like a Star Wars ship and have food and like uh, you know free beer and drinks and everything and even in engineering when we were hitting a stride like we are now at Q those guys wanted to work and so I'm like I got to make the place way nicer than their apartments where, and more comfortable where they'd rather be here so I put showers in so get them a, a HD projector where they could watch movies I got giant love sacks like the biggest ones and put in engineering on the floor where they could just lay down, take a break. I can't tell you how many mornings you go there and Ethan and Eric hadn't even gone home. They spent the night in their offices, you know, like engineering. It's kind of how it is now, it's one big room, and that they stayed there. And that's how you got shit. Like the Honey Badger, the first one, from conversation to shooting a gun was two weeks. And that's how you get that stuff done, just like the fix at Q that is complicated and hard. And and like, I can't believe we accomplished it now. Like if you tell me we had to do it now in six months, I would be like, Oh, we can't do that. But from our first conversation in six months, we were shooting that gun. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, for a small company, uh, I mean, it was literally prototyping every people. Yeah. Everything, everything was a prototype and you know, a hundred and something parts and we were shooting it. Um, you know, it's one thing, I don't know, maybe you can buy passion, but you know, you buy it by, okay, knowing these guys, investing in them, what do they want, what makes them happier, what makes them more comfortable, you know, okay, what makes it efficient, like, do I want to buy everybody at Q lunch every day, like, hell no, I don't, like, I'd rather spend the money on, like, I don't know, like, swimming pool or something, but in the end, no, I would rather do that, because, okay, I got these geniuses that I'm lucky enough to have work for me. Why do I want them leaving for an hour every day? Like, okay, let's buy their lunch. Yeah. Like, that makes way more sense. Okay, we got these guys that probably make, I don't know what they make, a hundred bucks an hour or something. Like, let's buy them an $8 sandwich. It probably makes more sense. For God, it's them. benefit analysis. Yeah, it's not complicated, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to. We're going to buy sandwiches every day to keep them here working. Because, I, I know for me, it's like I struggle every day. I eat out so much. It's like, oh, God, where do we want to go eat? Like, just have food show up that's good? I don't know. I think it's a good way to run a company. I think it's awesome. We'll, we'll see eventually, I guess, by what measure. Um, well, I look forward to you coming back and visiting. Absolutely. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you. Anything else? Any final thoughts that we can let Colin edit out? <laughs> uh, did, did you go to TriggerCon? I did. Yeah? Oh, well, you <coughs> tell
1: me. I What'd you see? Um, what'd you think? I, as a show, yep. as a show, I think it's cool because it's small. It's yep. literally like a huge auditorium. Yeah. Like one, yep. like two basketball courts or like, it's not, it's not big. And so I think with that, it's cool. And I think the people largely that attend it are cool. Like, yeah, Yeah, I've only heard good stuff about the show. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, it's small. It was in Seattle. Where is it? Uh, Bellevue just outside of Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but it was, it was fun Had a good time. What's the best thing you saw? little stuff man like i uh i made my top i made my top five uh like kind of gear and accessories video for tfb tv yeah people like shit all over it <laughs> like, like this is the best <laughs> stuff you saw and it's like look if you put a different color cerakote on a gun like who gives a shit? like what like what is what's new in the industry like it's it's little things. And uh, Bobro, that who makes mounts yep. and stuff, they made yep. a flashlight mount. And kind of an interesting, albeit maybe heavier and more complicated than it needs to be, but basically quick detach like, M-Lock, where you basically roll this, like, cam thing, and it... essentially wedges itself. Yeah, sort of like the turnbuckle. Yeah, what I do, what I thought was cool about it, one, is regardless of how out of spec the M-Lock is, the way that it wedges itself is it'll actually tighten because a lot of the QD stuff, like quick detach to M-Lock, doesn't work because there's such a huge variance in thickness of material or all the tolerances for M-Lock. But, um they they basically made a flashlight melt that um, it pivots. And so anywhere kind of within this range, but then the way it works is you twist either side, like you tighten it down when you have it where you want it. So if it tries to move one direction, it just binds, or if it tries to move the other direction, it binds because of the way they're basically yeah. counter to each other. And so, yeah, like super narrow use case, but If you're running night vision, you can move it out of the way of, like, a mall or something like that. Or you can move it all the way against your rail. Or you throw a can on your gun, you can move it out so you're not splashing half your beam across your silencer. See, I've encountered all
0: those things. Because, yeah, I I, I used to not have a full-time night hunting setup. Yeah. So, yeah, the light, because I always carry a flashlight on the gun. It is... It was always pretty critical because, you know, especially if I was shooting a short gun, you don't have a lot of real estate and the yeah. flashlight's got to be out of the way. And I hate, too, when you're splashing it on the silencer. Um,
1: I saw a cool um, Adaball. They're an uh, they're OEM. Well, they're not... Open. White Label Optics Company. Like, their stuff's made in China or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they'll have it made to whatever their specs are, but... They have a really small um, prism optic, one power, and I love prism optics Yeah, because red dots don't work for me. They don't work for my eyes. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I probably have like a slight astigmatism or whatever, Yeah, and I have to turn them down like really low so I can kind of try and keep it clear. Otherwise, it just blooms and stuff like the emitter on there. But uh, prism optics, yeah, like it's... It's crystal clear, and there's with the illumination, like, you pretty much just use it just like you would a red dial, like, it's, yeah. it's actually really nice. That's cool. Uh, one of my favorites is still my HK P7M8. It's a cool gun. Fixed barrel. I
0: like them a lot. Yeah, they shoot well.
1: Oh, man, they do. Yeah,
0: that was... That was an expensive gun for HK to make. And oh all the forging are always all crooked. And it's just like everything else. And there's, there's a like company s- like that. The
1: whole, the whole thing is just like all machine. Oh, so expensive. Like, there's
0: only a couple guys, a couple old German guys there had been doing them that knew how to right, fix right. them to get them straight to where they'd right. be with intolerance. So they had a huge fallout like once those guys started retiring. And I think that's why they stopped the doing domain. the guns. So the guns, it's like the MP5. Like it's prohibitively expensive to make now. Yeah. Like they, you know, the UMP is such a dog turd mm-hmm. compared to the MP5, but it's simple and it's blowback and they could make them, Yeah. you know, because basically over 10 or 20 years, these guys that would weld the stuff or fixture the things for automated welding were real artisans. And when they were no longer there, they couldn't get some kid off the
1: street and do that. Shit. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's even, so speaking about like artisans and welders, I was... A while back, I did filming, and I was talking with uh, one of the guys, Chris, over at uh, Shrimpfire. Mm-hmm. And their cans, like, one of their versions of cans, like, they had to have, like, master welders. and I'm, I'm sure there was just a pile of discarded oh, yeah. crap, because they had them master welders, like, by hand. Essentially, what... Your robotic CNC welder is doing. Well, that's why we developed them at AAC.
0: It was oh, we were having gosh. to do so much welding by hand. You know, Knight's armament for the military, like, majority of those are hand-welded, too. Like, you yeah. cannot do that. Like. I mean, not for... It's always dangerous. I mean, that sort of stuff. It, yeah, it just makes sense now, and there's equipment to do all those things. Yeah.
1: Well, what'd you think of that, uh, Max? What do they call it with that? The... I don't know what they call that. I didn't, I didn't Silence shoot at the COVID range. Display. I actually shot the Maxim defense. Oh, you mean Silencer Co.'s pistol? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Maxim defense, whatever that No, but is. I think the Maxim defense, the guy
0: who owned that company called me a couple of years ago. Silencer Co. was suing them over the name Maxim defense because they said they own the name Maxim. Some mm-hmm. shit show. But yeah, I should have clarified the Silencer yeah. Co. Pistol.
1: Um. it, it felt kind of like a toy, yeah. like, and I don't know if that was, like, a pre-production model, like, it just, it yeah, felt, they're trying felt to, weird,
0: you know, and then,
1: it's, the other part of it, too, is whenever I see shit like that, I'm like, yeah, or just get a P7, like, there's your fixed, <laughs> there's your fixed barrel for you, like, there's your single stack 9 mil. everyone's been chasing, like, there's your thin pistol, like, all the, there's your low-bore axis, everyone's Oh, very low-bore <laughs> axis. Like, yeah. all Yeah, I shit. mean, I
0: think they just have, you know, they're just trying to survive. Yeah. I mean, Silencer um, Co. has been for sale since before they, well, they threw Josh Waldron, the CEO, out. The,
1: like, that pistol, I, I guess I just don't get it, and part of it is the novelty of shooting the suppressed pistol is gone, like. Yeah. What do I want to do that? Like a suppressed 22 all day, every day. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Suppressed pistols. is a tricky thing where I wanted to do an integral. And I think the timing was good 10 years ago and you know, and I, I don't mind I, like the Maxim nine, I think's silencer the best product, but it's bad timing and they didn't completely execute it correctly. And, um, so you're just trying to salvage that. I mean, basically, you got the investor group that took the company over, and they're trying to get it to where they can sell it and recoup their money. And so that's maybe some...
1: Oh, pistol sales are up right now. And I mean, it's one of those where, even with the integrated suppressor, like, it's such it's such a knit... Like, it's a novelty. Well, yeah, it doubles the length of the gun. Like, yeah, and, you it's, know, I, I and wouldn't, if you don't want to shoot it suppressed... It doesn't matter. You're stuck with this big-ass, like, gun. Yeah. And so many people... Those Glocks we were talking about. Everyone wants to customize their Glock. Which, in fairness, yes, because Glock's ugly as shit. Like, it's just a brick. <laughs> it's a tool, but... Yeah, I mean... No, but I mean... It's every- something you
0: wear concealed, even. Yes.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, everyone likes to make it theirs. Like, that's... that's yeah, the way no, I get it. Like, Harley-Davidson. Movie. Yeah, and... With that pistol, like, you can't do it. Like, you now can't run a light, which, to the end of actually wanting to use a pistol to include him defensively, like, you probably want a light on that thing. Bad things happen at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then even the fact that it's like, hey, the uh, your red dot doesn't reciprocate, so... Just stays there, and it's like, well, yeah, you can throw like an ALG six second mount on any Glock and do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, it was a bold move. <clears throat> uh, they they yeah. maybe were. I mean, I mean, I guess history tells us now they were a little big for their britches. All I mean, those guys are thrown out now, yeah. and the we'll companies. They make it. Sole. Yeah, and I mean, it'll survive it. in some form. I mean, yeah. it's offered to me to buy. So, I mean, somebody's gonna buy it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have interest in it. Um, You know, it'd have to be super, super cheap or
1: free. What, actually what surprises me amongst the industry and I don't know if, I don't know if there's a patent thing Mm -hmm. and like nobody wants to because of that or no one just wants to take the criticism of it, but I'm surprised other companies haven't like just folded and been like, you know what like we're gonna make our own plan B for all of our cans. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, you know like you know I sent <laughs> about a year ago I offered
0: it to them. yeah yeah, too proud.
1: And they're I'm, stupid I'm sh- not to do it I'm sh- and I I don't know why more companies don't. Just be like, hey, like, this this is our new mounting system, which just happens to be compatible with the Cherry Bomb. Well, from the- I mean, they'll
0: all do it. They just have to, they'll get there eventually. I mean, they yeah. all will. I, I mean, like, there's some nice mounts, like the dead air mount. People like it, but it's stupid. It's big and heavy and it's the, extra. It's really heavy. Right? Yeah, like an extra six ounces on the gun, like give it up just yeah do the plan b i mean i i hope they don't like i love continuing to sell you know hundreds of those things a month for their silencers like yeah yeah, sell my muzzle devices like yeah it's fine but you know i mean i pick on other people but yeah i mean we design the best mount and it
1: i've been so spoiled with that because i'll go like shoot other cans on other mounts,
0: and it's just like, damn it. No, I can't even stand heavy now, but you know what so I was going to say a minute ago? You know, if the, the silencer made your AR twice as long, you'd never use it either. So you get the pistol yeah. thing, like, why can't. And by the time you have a, a, a pistol and a good quiet silencer, heck, you can almost have a little 300 blackout gun. Yeah,
1: you may as well have That a little, you could shoot like six times gun. more accurately, um, and it's much more lethal. Um, something I was talking with Colin with. And I think, I think I brought it up to you a while ago too, but I do want to revisit it cause I think it'd be the coolest thing ever is coast to coast tour. Yeah. Let's do it. Like I was, I was thinking through it like on a bunch of different levels. One on like basically like so on the, on the fundamental, um, well, I guess we'll start with on the level of customers and the experience. The idea of a coast to coast tour where you have basically a line across the U.S. with all of these different gun stores that also have ranges, whether they're like on a range or a nearby, like actual, like outdoor, not an indoor range. Indoor ranges are bullshit, yeah. but like an outdoor range. To where people can, ahead of time, sign up and limit it and charge for it because it's an experience, but people can sign up for a limited number, whether it's, we'll say 10, 10 slots or even five, five or 10 slots of a remote customer build day. Oh, that'd be awesome. At a premium because they're coming to you. And so... You buy your gun, you pay the extra 150 250 whatever it is, and you're like, I'm going to go build my gun. End up coming in, having a customer build day that day, like, go out, hang out at night for a little bit. Like, the engineer's there. Like, yeah. build the guns. The next morning, go out to the range, get them test fired. If anything needs to happen, it gets fixed then and there. Like... Spare gun parts, all that stuff's there. we Are going to say do a competition with them and the winner gets his gun free? (laughs) That would be crazy. But, um, I mean, you could do something. Or winner wins the can or something. Oh, that'd be cool. But um, then the next day, though, so the next, like, afternoon, so you have a big enough window to test fire all the guns, fix anything that needs to be fixed. That afternoon at the ranges, have it a... Opens the wrong word, but a open range day where you can come like pay. Oh yeah. Whatever. We'll say 25 bucks. Like, Hey, I'm going to come, I'm going to pay 25 bucks for no other reason than it's a barrier for entry. So the people Mm -hmm. like that are going to kick tires aren't there. People come out all the product line, like all the guns, that'd be cool, all the silencers, but then to make it. So it's a turnkey awesome experience. People show up, pay 25 bucks to get in. After that, they turn around and they go over to the table and they buy as much ammo as they want to buy. And it's all, we use Hornady for sake of example. They're buying Hornady. You want to shoot subsonic? Here's your subsonic 300 blackout. Here's your supersonic 300 blackout. That right there is zeroed for supers. That right there is zeroed for subs. You want to shoot 6.5? Here's your... Oh, yeah. 147 grain, whatever the hell it yeah. is. That is zeroed for this. It's, everything is zeroed for the ammo. Yeah, that would be fun. So someone gets behind a gun... And see where they can shoot 1,000 yards or and it's just 500 like, yards yeah, it, with some They're subsonic. not fucking around trying to be like, oh, like, where's this hit? Like, no. Like, yeah. that gun is zeroed. So no.
0: That would be so fun. I love doing it that It
1: would stuff. be amazing. And with that... Excuse me the other part of it as far as like obviously it would cost money to do that like just the logistics oh, yeah. of like, it would be fun it like, would get the Bill Murray just though. like spot parties like just yeah. show up we'll get and it. but um, to offset that though too like one like you can't even it's unknowable as far as the the ROI with respect to just like, as like the subculture that it is but you end up partnering with we'll say we'll say eotech Mm -hmm. all the sub guns like honey badgers and stuff have like eotechs and all the bolt guns have voodoo's whatever different to where There's so much, and then even beyond that too, even if it's like Magpul, like all the mags are Magpul, all the bipods are Magpul bipods or whatever. And you get other companies to basically help offset all of the costs because there they are, like using this reticle in the voodoo scope or whatever. Like you're getting people to have hands on with your product. And having an awesome experience with it because it's zeroed to that ammo. Like Yeah, I mean you're right, the experience it. is the thing. And the other the other piece of that though is getting someone to pull the trigger on a three thousand dollar gun that they saw a picture of or a video of versus Yeah, they're a hundred times more likely now. Like picking like just picking it up and being like, Holy shit, like Half the time you can't even find. Uh, I would
0: do it just for the
1: video footage
0: of people like first shot first hitting a ex- target at thousand right? yards, or the first time they ever shot a silenced
1: gun. And I mean, it's one of they those do a whole montage, like to... literally picking up the gun, like we talked about it in the podcast, yeah. like that. That's half of it right there, and yeah. most place, most gun shops don't even have one, and if they have one, they got it on order and they sold it to someone. Yeah, so but most nobody, people still haven't seen this stuff. Yeah, like nobody even has touched the gun. Not to mention shooting cans. Um, like, man, when, when do you have an opportunity to shoot a can? Like, Yeah, if, if you before have Before you buy one.
0: Because, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I got a lot of guns, and and I would pay $20,000 for a fix and 10000 for a Honey Badger. I, I mean, just I say it all the time. It's the two guns that I actually use. Hmm. Um, yeah, but you're right, that hands-on experience would be cool. but it's a thing now. it's a thing. I would love it for like marketing and propaganda. And but I look forward to getting there. Like I love the idea of the back orders, but I also love the idea of doing this and, and you know, having you know the whole journey of like generating interest and creating the sales, which you know, we really haven't had that to this point. You know, I was thinking when you said, like, cross the country road trip, like, things we could stop in and do, like, go to Dallas, see Todd Healy at Lone Star Boars, my buddy there, we'd go out one night, take a couple
1: people and build All their guns, different. go shoot pigs yeah. and everything, that'd be fun. No, All but right. I mean, like, I, like, obviously there's a lot of logistics, and it would probably be best started sooner than later, like, yeah. even for next summer, but I mean it would be incredible because it's one of those things too, where it's like, even in broad strokes, like, all right, like here is basically this crooked line across the US. I mean, start in California, just building fixes like and nothing yeah. else. And then drop over into whether it's Nevada or up north, like whatever it is. And yeah, like this line across. And it's one of those where, even if, even if next summer is like a relative like beeline through like six or eight different gun shops yeah. like to get across the country versus like 15 or something, even still like just doing Big that dog. the first time would create... Yeah, the traveling road show. Oh my gosh, I've, wanted to, I've wanted to do it
0: for a long time, and in different iterations. But yeah, no. Yeah, but we t- even built a van at Sig for Hollister to go on the road show. It was going to be the John Hollister uh-huh. road show. Yeah. And as soon as I left, yeah, they turned the van into something
1: else and didn't do it. I mean, even that would just be visually a cool story of building out. Whether it's like a. Yeah, like cargo band band, type thing. Eighteen van, right? Yeah, a eighteen van, or even just like a sweet old school like Winnebago with like a wrap. <laughs> I would love
0: Winnebago. All right, well, man, I'll turn this off if I think.